What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Woohoo! What is up, everyone? And welcome to Modern Day Debate. We are a neutral platform, a nonpartisan welcome erring from all walks of life for good dialogue. If you're looking for even more fantastic debates, please don't forget to like or subscribe, including tonight's debate on Flat Earth, Glober vs. Flat Earther, with our interlocutors, Fight the Flat Earth and Iron Horse, here to help us find some answers, and if you enjoy what any of them have to say tonight, all of our guest links will be in the description below. With that, we are going to hand it over to Iron Horse for their 10-minute opening statement on the globe. Uh, well, good day. Um, <clears throat> as you know, I just stepped in as a last-minute substitute, so obviously um, I've had nothing to prepare and had no idea what the format of today's debate was going to be, apart from being a flat earth. So apparently I've got 10 minutes to talk about the globe. I probably won't even need close to that many. Um, basically, I grew up like everybody else, believing in the globe fully. Um, my whole spiritual being uh, depended upon living on this special blue marble earth and feeling my unique place in the universe, in the cosmos, watching the moon go around us as we go around the sun. I grew up believing all that. And um, it took a long time before I really started to question uh, whether we lived on a globe or not. And it's only once you really start to understand uh every aspect of what the globe believer believes that you can start to appreciate how insane it actually is like absolutely insane like first of all when you look for curvature it doesn't exist you have to um believe in something that's so far out of sight and out of mind that's basically a faith belief it's something that's so far away that it's over there like you never picture it you never see it but you just imagine it so it's it's just a huge thought experiment all around and then you have to imagine that 
it's spinning on its axis. Now, that seems to make sense because the sun seems to rise and it seems to set. But a, a thorough investigation of just that alone really debunks itself because we see the sun for approximately 50% of every day. And if you think about it, we say it sets beneath the horizon. It rises from below the horizon. Yet your horizon, at the best of times, it might only be a few hundred metres away. It might be a few miles. If you go to a really high spot at the very most, you might see 20 or 30 miles into the distance in a good location on a clear day. Now, you compare that to the size of the Earth. If the if 50% of the Earth is lit at any one time by the sun and the Earth is about 25,000 miles in circumference, then that means that the sun must be rising at least more than 6,000 miles away in one distance and setting at least 6,000 miles away in the other. So more than 12,000 miles of your Earth is lit at any one time. But you see the sun rise in the morning four or five miles away and you see it's setting four or five miles away. So... How can you be seeing 50% of your day in sunlight through such a tiny window of opportunity? Now, the sun would be, by the time it sets, over 6,000 miles away, which means at least 4,000 miles of drop between you and the actual horizon where the sun is actually setting. So you can't see 50% of sunlight in a day. You'd be lucky to see 5%, 10% at the most. You get a couple of hours of daylight, the rest would be twilight. That's in your personal little window of perspective. So the, the whole sunrise and sunset thing that proves the globe is actually a complete furphy, but globes believe it because that's what they've been told. The sunsets because the earth is spinning. I watched thousands of sunsets in my youth thinking, oh, I can feel the ball spinning away towards the east. Yeah, you know, imagining in my head that that's really what's happening as I'm watching the sun itself actually sinking. Now, when you think of it in, in a flat earth sense of um scale of how things work if the earth is flat the sun can be six thousand miles away before the horizon rising up to that point begins to obscure it and if you got a little bit higher you can see the sun again you get a little bit higher you'll see the sun again and again and again now if it's behind all this curvature drop of the earth going higher you're actually on backwards on your globe so seeing a sunset on a globe actually makes no sense and it debunks itself um the flat earth model describes it perfectly well and it's the only logical way it could happen so all these things that the globe presents as proofs are, are absolutely nonsense but they say we're spinning at over 1040 miles an hour on the equator so it gets slightly less and less and less until you get to zero at the poles but basically everywhere where humans inhabit it's still going a supersonic speed it's faster than the speed of sound so that means if we're hurtling through a vacuum of space, somehow having a pressurized atmosphere for reasons, like gravity, of course, gravity is the answer to just about everything. It's the prerequisite for the globe. For the atmosphere to sometimes appear perfectly still. That means as it gets higher and higher and higher, it's actually moving faster and faster and faster. Now, the, the simple law of Occam's razor says that the explanation with the least assumptions is more often than not the most correct one. So instead of assuming that this atmosphere is getting faster and faster and faster to appear to remain perfectly still on a nice calm day. Also, while we're hurtling around the sun at about 87 max, so that's 87 times the speed of sound. So the atmosphere knows which way we're going, whether it's going forwards or backwards relative to the ball. It knows exactly how to behave in order to remain perfectly still. Occam's razor says if something appears to be perfectly still, it's probably because it is perfectly still, not going these absolutely supersonic speeds plus exponentially increasing in speed to create that illusion. And it's the same as when we drop something towards a falling surface. 
if it's falling straight down, it's falling straight down. It's not as though it's moving faster sideways, exponentially faster than the rate it's dropping. It's only dropping at 9.8 meters per second, but the rate of sideways motion just on the orbital rate of um, orbital, uh, not orbital, just the actual rotation speed alone is something like about 30 miles per second, or is it kilometers? I think it's 30 kilometers per second. So it's falling 30 kilometers per second sideways, but 9.8 meters per second downwards. And the 9.8 meters second per second downwards is the only measurement that we can ever detect. So everything about the globe literally debunks itself if you put all the pieces together and try to, to look at the big picture and say, hang on a sec, we observe things falling up and down. We don't observe any motion. We can't feel any motion. We sometimes see wind moving this way and that way, sometimes two different ways with clouds going two different directions at the same time. But they tell us that the atmosphere moves with us. So the atmosphere is doing all this, plus this and this. It's just absolutely insane. Everything about the globe ends up being insane. And the final nail in the coffin, of course, is water level. If you hold a globe in your hands, you've got Asia in this hand and you've got America in this hand, and you look at this globe, you have to seriously convince yourself. I don't know if you've got my camera. I've got it on the tall. Probably can't see. If you, You've got to convince yourself that looking at this globe, there's this huge mound of oceanic water, the Pacific Ocean, between these two continents, which amounts to thousands of miles high bulge of water. Now, water don't do that. Water is always flat and level. And the, and the land masses have to be above water level. That's how we universally measure land is height above sea level. We never ever take into consideration curve for anything when it comes to do with the height of mountains, the height of anything. It's always above sea level, sea level. So the fact that 70% plus of the earth is flat and level water means that we live on a stationary plane of earth. And the globe is probably the most insane thing that we indoctrinate our children with while their minds are still malleable and open to suggestion and they'll believe all these things and grow up ridiculing oh look at these ships falling off the edge of a flat earth <laughs> ancient superstitious people used to believe that but no it's the ancient superstitious people who came to believe that just because i've gone far enough away from polaris that it reaches a point along the convergence line the convergence point because everything as you get further away from it gets lower and lower they believed they descended into the underworld that's where their sun god went <clears throat> every winter solstice. The sun god vanished into the underworld. It stays there for three days and nights. And then three days after the winter solstice, what do they celebrate? The birth of the giver of life, the light, the son of God. It's all sun worship, religious belief based on superstitions that they actually went into the underworld once they could no longer see Polaris. And that's how the globe was formed. That The equator is the point where you no longer see Polaris. So they believe now they're in the underworld. And that's why... Us Australians are living in the land down under because of all these ancient superstitious beliefs, which have no basis in reality whatsoever. Just normal laws of convergence, perspective and distance, because the Earth is really, really big. And the sun goes around above us exactly 24 hours a day. And that's another big thing that the globe fails on miserably because we measure time with a fixed amount of time, a 24 hour clock. It's a mechanical clock. It's a fixed device. It does not adjust that four minutes per day, as they say, according to a sidereal day. The sidereal day is the speed of the stars going around above us. They move four minutes faster than the sun. And that's how we determine how long a year is. But the sun every day is 24 hours. And that's why without adjusting our clocks, it's always directly overhead at midday. 
if we didn't adjust our clock, if we were on a globe going around a center point, it's like having a, you know, a bunch of clocks around a wall with a light in the middle where oh, that yeah. light is shining out towards every clock. That would be the daytime. So when you've got a clock down the bottom, midday is 12 pointing up. Six months later, the clock at the top has got six pointing down, and that would be your midday in the middle of the night. So the globe is one of the most silliest things we've ever been indoctrinated with, and flat earth is the best sense of sanity that you'll ever find. Thank you. Woo-hoo. Thank you so very much, Iron Horse, on your opening statement on the globe. And with that, we're going to hand it to fight the flat earth for his five-minute rebuttal. Um, first of all, I apologize, guys. I've got a pretty bad cold, so if I sound a bit stuffed up, um, that, that's that, because I've got a cold. Uh, <clears throat> honestly, a lot, a lot of that doesn't need debunking because it, because it's just you know a lot of it. You were just saying, well, it doesn't make sense. It's ridiculous. That that is what's called an argument from incredulity. Um, it really doesn't matter if you think it's ridiculous and you think it doesn't make sense because it all makes sense. Mathematically, it all works perfectly. Your claim that we should only see a certain amount of sunlight on a globe is completely false. We half of the globe is facing the sun, so we have half of the world lit up. Now, that actually comes as an issue for the flat Earth. So let me just uh, switch this over. So this is a flat Earth. Now, obviously, half of the world is lit up at one time. We know that's the case. Um, if the earth is flat, then the sun is going around the, the, you know, on top of the flat earth. So if we look at this and this matches reality, what we see with half of the world lit up and half of it in darkness, this doesn't make sense on the flat earth. Because if you look at where the sun is and compare it straight up to the equator, that's, you know, a certain distance. But then if you look at the sun and then compare it to the outside of the disc, That is a much further distance for the light to have to travel. Yet it's the same light. So for this to make sense on a flat Earth, light has to be magic because it has to randomly stop for absolutely no reason. This makes 100% sense on a globe because half of it is facing the sun. That's what you expect. Big light source one side, half of the globe to uh, to be lit up. But if we're looking at the flat Earth and how we know day and night is split across the world, it makes no sense. The light will have to travel different distances for absolutely no reason. It would have to stop at an arbitrary distance, yet on another portion go further. So nothing about the flat earth and the sun makes sense. Um, Okay, so there's that. You said something about... uh, Let me just bring this back up. You said something about the um, the atmosphere knowing which way to go. Um, now, see, the atmosphere holds to the Earth by gravity. Gravity pulls down towards the center of Earth. The atmosphere is pulled towards the center in there with Earth, traveling with Earth, rotating with Earth. It comes from Earth. It has that momentum. You guys hear me? Yes, we can. Sorry, um, it seemed to cut out there. I don't know why. Um, sorry, give me one sec. 
Yeah, so uh, the atmosphere is held to the Earth by gravity. Billions of years of friction, pulling it round. It's all part of the same reference frame. It is part of the Earth. It moves with it because there's nothing to stop it moving with it. Uh, so your entire argument against the globe there seemed to be an argument from incredulity, basically saying it doesn't make sense to me. That seems ridiculous to me. Um, I don't want to believe it because it, it sounds impossible. That that's that's kind of your problem, really. It all makes sense if you do the maths, if you do the physics. There is nothing about the globe that is impossible. Gravity is a real thing. Gravity is empirically measured, and it's a fundamental part of the universe that we can show is a very very real thing through experimentation and actual science. So, uh, I think that's my rebuttal to everything that the uh, the flat Earth uh, Aussie Jesus said. And just before I finish, I do want to say thank you to Flat Earth Aussie Jesus for jumping in. Um, because Howard was too scared to uh, actually debate me. So thank you for that, Flatter Foster Jesus. I do appreciate it. And I do want to thank both of our interlocutors for being here. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to both gentlemen. They can have five, ten minutes of open dialogue about the topic. Okay. So uh, what, what do you say about the, the sun, um, uh, Ross, Iron Horse? Jesus, whatever you want me to call you. <laughs> okay, well, I obviously misunderstood the uh, format because I thought we'd agreed that you were going to do a 10-minute opening statement as well, but you sort of basically just jumped straight into a rebuttal of and, my opening statement. And if I obviously. will say, it, it almost kind of flips. So in a second, he's going to give kind of 10 minutes and then you'll have a rebuttal and then it'll go back into open conversation. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I just misunderstood, I guess. Um, so, yeah, uh, so what, you've said, what you've said about the sun then, okay, that's that's assuming that you even know what the sun is and you even understand the flat earth model. Now, we've done a lot of investigation flat over earth previous model? few years. Yes, Craig, can you kindly not interrupt when I'm speaking? I know that's your favourite go-to method of debating is to speak over me. But if you could just Sorry, let I, me I was, finish what just, I was just confused when you said flat model. And then you can then you can have your turn. Okay. Is it that hard for you to do? No, no, uh, sorry, I, I was just confused. I like I said, I was just confused when you said flat earth model. Jesus. So yes, according to our flat earth model, we have what we call a firmament. And whether or not it's dome-shaped, we're unsure of, but basically. What we've got is a pressure gradient above the earth. Now, if you understand water pressure, water at one atmosphere of pressure is a liquid. You put it into a vacuum chamber, it will begin to boil. So it returns back to its gaseous state. So basically the whole earth itself is a pressure system. And what we, what I think, you know, this is my opinion only, what I think is, is that these gases get higher and higher and the lighter and lighter gases get up there. It gets colder and colder and colder until the point we have a frozen layer like ice atop a frozen lake, but it's not frozen water. It's some, probably a frozen hydrogen, and it is cushioned upon our atmosphere. And this is what gives us an atmospheric pressure. So when we look through this layer, it's like looking through a lens. And it's the lens where we look in a direct line of sight from our position up through this lens, which is only about, in my opinion, 60 to 70 miles high, not very high at all. A 60 to 70 mile distance on the surface is you know, something you can travel in an hour or two, an hour and a half, whatever. It's not that high up, but according to height um, 
perspective, it is extremely high. And so what's happening is that this energy source of the sun strikes through in, in our direct line of sight and creates a hot spot apparition in the firmament. Now, it doesn't matter where you are. If you travel then 500 miles and you do it really fast, that sun is going to move with you. So wherever you're looking at it, the sun isn't really in an actual location. It is in a subjective location, subjective to the viewer. So it's a personal apparition. No matter where you are, it moves with you. So the sun can be in multiple places at any given time because it's not really in a place at all. It's it's way above, like it could be 3,000 miles high above the firmament for all we know, which is why it can cover such a broad area, but still appear to be in a singular spot. So if you're doing a triangulation from a single spot and somebody's a thousand miles away doing their triangulation at a single spot, you're looking at something that's kind of like, you know, a trapezoid or a rhombus or something. You're not seeing the sun in the same spot at all. It's a completely different part of the firmament. And so what you think is the sun isn't the sun. So it can cover a much broader area than what seems logical because you're just believing in a very simplistic globe model with one sun in one position. Okay, um, that's lovely. What evidence do you have to support those claims? Well, the evidence that speaks for itself. We've we've done enough studies to show that this is what, what, show more me than the likely. evidence. Show me the evidence that there's an actual firmament. Show me the evidence that there's an ice layer up there. Show me the evidence that the sun can be in multiple places at one time. Don't just say it. Show me the evidence of okay. your claim. Well, Craig, you actually did show us because you used the flat Earth model and you showed us how far the light is distributed according to that model. So that if you then see well, the sun as there being in 50, 100 different positions or a billion different positions all at once around that particular area, and it's electrostimulating the noble gases to glow into daylight. So sunlight and daylight are two completely different things. <laughs> you know, and so your, your example that you used for the flat Earth model is evidence of that. Uh, no, that's, no, that's just a picture. That it's not even a model. It's a map that doesn't make sense. Uh, Ross, me showing a picture uh, illustrating how the sun doesn't make sense on the flat earth is not evidence of your claims. You made the claim that there's a firmament. You, that's a positive claim. You made the positive claim that there is a layer of ice above us that's, that's causing the, the gradient. That was a positive claim by you. Positive claims require evidence. Do you have evidence to back up your claims or are you just saying things? Well, obviously, I can't screen share at the moment, but there's a lot of evidence. If you look at all this high altitude balloon footage, you notice several things that happen as you get higher and higher. Once you're above about 100,000 feet, these things become very apparent is that the Earth is still completely flat. There's a layer of blue fluorescent gases, which is only about 12 to 14 miles high. And the only thing that is visible is the very bright sun, which looks like this huge glaring thing, which is the traditional you know, explanation for it, you know, having this huge crown of thorns, because that's what this sun god has. Yeah, like that's lovely if you use a bit of a fisheye lens. It shows a little bit okay, of curvature. So, uh, this isn't the fisheye lens. Um, this, is, this is an image from a weather balloon um, at 36,000 yeah, meters. Yeah, done by um, a driver, it, and we see the camera angle. Uh, it doesn't matter who it's. It, Ross, it doesn't matter who it's done by. This is what evidence of what you just said not being true. This is a high altitude balloon footage, right? And not only does it show the curve of the Earth very, very well. Um, I changed the colors here slightly so that you could see. Uh, not only does it show the curve of the Earth, but it shows the curve of the atmosphere above the Earth. More importantly, 
What you see here is an overlay of the prediction of what we should see. Science. Science requires us to make predictions and test those predictions. The prediction of Earth's curve at 36,000 meet, uh, meters is what we see there. And it matches it perfectly. All right. So this isn't a fisheye lens. This is a non-fisheye lens, specifically a non-fisheye lens, showing you at 36,000 feet, uh, 36,000 meters rather, that the Earth is not flat, that it has a actual curve to it. And not only is the Earth curved, the atmosphere is curved above it. So um, you're completely wrong when you say the high altitude balloon footage shows the Earth to be flat. It does not. Okay, well, you've, you've cherry-picked a Globus version of it, and I have watched this through, and you can see that when the camera tilts further upwards, the Earth goes concave. So you've cherry-picked no, one particular image of it that suits your agenda, but you've ignored not every other. Not once. It. It goes not not once. It's a wide-angle lens. It's not fisheye, I'll grant you that. No, 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 it's, it's, a, it's not a wide-angle lens. This is a non-fisheye rectilinear lens, all right? No amount of lying is going to change this. Nowhere in the video does this camera ever show the Earth as convex. It always shows it as concave, even when it goes above or below the, the lines. Now, this, um, what Mr. Sensible did was he had three cameras, all right? Three cameras. There were two that were fisheye, and there is one that wasn't fisheye. The one at the front is the non-fisheye, and you've got these two lines of string showing you that everything in front of that is straight. The one looking straight up, um, so if you look at the top here, we've got one looking straight up at the balloon, and then we have a wide-angle camera. But the main camera with these two strings on is not wide-angle. It is not fisheye. It is a non-fisheye lens. And at no point in that non-fisheye lens does it ever show the Earth as being anything other than convex the entire way through the entire thing is available on mr sensible's channel but more importantly it matches the predictions of the globe so if you say that high altitude footage shows the earth to be flat you are telling a lie and and anyway you're diverging from my argument which was coming to the point that we're talking about a firmament so you're showing you're going off on a tangent yeah where's the firmament Single lens trying to show curvature. I'm just talking about the firmament here at the moment. Now, we yeah, know the fact that light from a very high position will appear to curve because of the intensity of light. The firmament is where you'll see the sun. Now, you find an image where you can see the sun. Where's, where's the firmament? The Sorry, but the this is 36,000 meters up. Where is the firmament in this picture? About one minute. There's no light above that blue hazy section. The blue hazy uh, section that, is where we have the atmosphere. Yes. That's correct. Yeah, the, That's the atmosphere is the firmament, it's the atmosphere. Uh, so, are, are you claiming this balloon went through the firmament? You can see a straight blue line at the top of the blue. That is what I call That's firmament. Not straight, That's curved. Miles high. And That's the other curved. firmament it's curved, not straight. is 70 miles high. And that is where you see the hotspot apparition of the sun. But because there are no noble gases up there to light it, it's all black. Everything is dark. All you see is the yeah. sun. There are no stars. Um, Where are the stars? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but once again, you've said there's a firmament there. Could you please point out to me in this picture from 36,000 meters specifically where the firmament is? And Iron Horse, when, you, when you're done your answer, uh, that will be the end of that because we're going to give it back to a 10-minute new opening statement for Fight the Flat Earth. But the last word on that is yours. Yeah, so where you see the sun, that is where the firmament is. Now, because there's nothing there to create light, as opposed to, say, when you're underwater, 
under an ice layer in a frozen lake, the water itself will create light. And so you can actually see the ice. But in this case like this, the light stops at firmament B, the blue light going into black, and then it's blackness all the way up to the firmament. So where you're seeing the hotspot apparition of the sun, that is where the firmament is. There's nothing else to show light, so it's dark. And all right, thank you, Iron Horse. And now fight the flat earth. I'm going to reset the clock. You have 10 minutes for your opening statement about the globe. Thank you very much. Um, so the claim that curvature is, you know, you can't see it, it's just false. It's just completely a lie that flat earthers tell. Um, I am literally showing the curve of the earth right now, matching the predictions of what you should see if you send a balloon up 36,000 meters. But you don't have to send a balloon up to 36,000 meters, all right? You can just do it from, from ground level. Um, I was going to show this to, to, to Howie because this really, really annoys him because uh, uh, he did a $10,000 euro challenge to, to show curvature at sea level. And that's exactly what this picture, this person did. Um, so here's proof of curve every flat earther is going to have to admit. On the 5th of June, 2018, they went and took pictures from the pier at Faragrag Gandia, point A, towards the cliffs at Denia, point B, known as Cap de Sant Antonio. The distance is somewhere between 34.5 and 36 kilometers. So that's where they took the images, okay? Um, I took shots from two points about 40 meters apart laterally, one small staircase leading down to the water, somewhere between five and one meter from water level. And the top of the stairs next to a small lighthouse on the point, the altimeter says 3.6 meters. I'm sure it's not correct. I measured the structure to be between six and eight meters. Um, so here's the two cap uh, uh, the points. Where, where they captured one meter vantage point on the left there and like eight meter vantage point on the right there, okay? Air was not humid. Visibility was relatively clear. The sea was extremely and unusually calm. Reproducing the results will depend on those conditions being similar. So uh, it talks about the camera that was used, the zoom level that was used, the lens that was used. So anyone can go and uh, try and recreate themselves. Uh, and, and here was the predictions, you know, part of science, very important part of science. You make a prediction and then you test it. So these are the predictions of what they would have seen. And uh, then they took the photos. So you can see there the top from one meter and from eight meters. So if we show the entire pictures, the photo from one meter shows only a little bit of this mountain. But uh, the photo from eight meters shows considerably more, matching the predictions of the globe that when you raise your height, you will be able to see further. That doesn't make sense if the Earth is flat. There's no reason why raising your height would allow you to see further. Angles don't work like that. Uh, so this is evidence from sea level that um, there's quite clearly curvature. Uh, here's the pictures overlaid. Uh, note the rock face indent visible only at eight meters when you go high. Um, and and this, this is empirical evidence that anyone can go and reproduce. So there's evidence from sea level. There's evidence from 36,000 meters up uh, that we can quite easily see the curve of the Earth. Uh, I also like to point out the website by Jesse Kwasowski. Um, you can find him on Twitter, who used surveying instruments to actually measure the curve of the Earth over several different places, uh, including a lake of 1.38 meters. But um, I mean, th this is empirical evidence. This is matching the predictions of what we're supposed to see, showing that the Earth actually has a curve to it. But there's other ways that we can tell that the Earth has a curve. And one of my favorite ways of telling that the Earth is actually a sphere 
is also an excellent evidence that the Earth rotates. And that's Foucault's pendulum. Foucault's pendulum does a very, very specific thing, right? When you, if you were at the north or the south pole, the pendulum would process 15 degrees per hour. Any middle latitude, it will change until you get to the equator where it will not process at all. Um, here's evidence of it at the south pole um, where they got it to process exactly the amount that they thought it would just over 24 hours. Um, and then I also present lots of evidence all the time from a channel called The Gentleman Physicist uh, showing a homemade Foucault's pendulum doing what you would expect it to do matching the predictions of Earth. Now, how does this prove that the Earth is a globe? It's very simple, right? The amount that the pendulum will drift will correspond to your latitude on Earth. If you're at the North Pole or the South Pole, directly there, it's about 24 hours. As you go further away from the poles towards the equator, the amount of precession actually changes. And this is because of the Earth having, you know, at, at the equator, you've got um, that 1,000 miles an hour tangential speed, which reduces the further north or south you go. And when you do the maths and you use Foucault's sign law, you can actually, based on the, you know, the Earth being a sphere, calculate how much the pendulum will process based on your latitude on Earth. This makes sense if the Earth is a globe. It's what we expect if the Earth is a globe and it's rotating. This is science. Science, you make a prediction and you test it. Whenever you test a Foucault's pendulum, uh, and both the ones I show here are ones without any um, electromagnetic interference to, to push them, no magnets or anything. These the two examples that I'm showing here are both just, they swung for as long as they could and then they did the maths. And it matches the prediction of the globe. The problem is for flat earth that there's no explanation, no explanation at all as to why a pendulum's drift would match the latitude that you are on earth. The only way that that makes sense is if the earth is a rotating globe imparting Coriolis forces onto the swinging pendulum. Um, there's so many examples of this uh, throughout museums all over the world. It's done by children at school. Um, I, I've got countless examples of Foucault's pendulum doing exactly what we expect it to do. And the reason it does it is because the earth is a globe and it's rotating. No assumptions, no, uh, you know, no, no making stuff up. Actually, what we physically expect to happen, and then you test it, and it does happen. And unless Flat Earth can give a reason why we are able to calculate our latitude on Earth with nothing but the swinging pendulum and the amount it drifts, then the Earth can't be flat. This has to have an explanation. It has to have an explanation. And there's an explanation on the globe. Explanation on the globe is that we're rotating. You have different tangential speeds. The amount of Coriolis forces imparted onto the pendulum will change based on where you are. That's why you get a different drift that corresponds to your latitude. But flat Earth has no explanation for this. And that is why the pendulum and the amount of drifts absolutely kills the flat Earth dead, but easily shows that the Earth is a globe, matching predictions, doing science, done. And that's all. Uh, we can't hear you, Amy. Oh, 
There we go. Sometimes you have to do a double tap. With that, Iron Horse, <laughs> it's over to you for your five-minute rebuttal. All right. Well, I'll start with using pendulums. I mean, that's going to be the most pseudoscientific thing I've ever heard. We always know that we've always known that it's the conjurer in the pilot doing power tricks who uses a pendulum to determine things. Now, I'll grant you there are some genuine uses for a pendulum. I know one guy who mentions the amount of bovies his organite uses uh, creates, how fast it speeds. It's got nothing to do with any speed of the earth. Now, you said it has zero precession on the equator. Now, this basically debunks your, your globe just on its own because the equator is on this 23.4 degree tilt, or which just so happens to be 66.6 .6 from 90 degree vertical, a uh, horizontal vertical, yes. So um, that 23.4 degree tilt of the equator is constantly at a tilt. So as it moves around the sun, the one part that's going to be facing the sun, there's going to be somewhere on the equator technically that every day for it will be an equinox. But that tilt then is going to be slightly different every day. So if you've got a pendulum on the equator, it's never going to be showing the exact same precession as it did the day before. So if you're showing no amount of um, difference, it basically debunks itself. And the, the fact is they say that by the time you get to the poles, it's got zero miles per hour of rotation. So the pendulum shouldn't really diverge whatsoever. Yeah, I, I really don't understand that one. Um, can you just remind me what your first point was? Oh, oh, hang on. It's all right. It's coming back to me. You're talking about that mountain you could see in the distance and wondering why some of it was hidden as you got down lower. Now, in reality, we have this thing. It's called perspective. And the laws of perspective have this thing called convergence. Now, there's only you could have a, a million parallel lines. doesn't matter. 50, 100, 5 billion, however many parallel lines you like. As you move up and down these parallel lines, your line of sight is always going, only ever going to have the one at your eyes perfectly horizontal. It's the only flat one. Every other line either side of it will be either converging upwards if it's beneath it or downwards if it's above you. So all these lines of convergence will make a convergence point. So the lower you are, the sooner those lines will reach a convergence point at the horizontal, at your line of sight. So of course, the higher you get, the further you can see. And that proves the earth is flat. It proves it's not curvature. Because if there was curvature in the way blocking the bottom of that mountain, you would see that curvature. It's not there. It just magically vanishes because you've gotten up higher. That's one of the biggest debunks of curvature. Because if it was true curvature, like for example, we have a mountain, a mound of dirt, if somebody goes and hides behind that mound of dirt and you're way back, say, a few miles away, just getting up higher is not going to bring them into view. That's a real example of curvature. You need to go forwards and over the curvature to see what is hidden by it. But if you're just going up on a globe, that, that is showing you know, up is away from the centre. So technically going up is going backwards, away. You, you're not going to see more over it you need to go forwards and over it to see over actual curvature so your example actually proved it's flat and it proves how the laws of perspective and convergence work that the ground beneath you will ramp up and create a convergence point which you can't see through because it's solid stuff but you can see through the air so anything that's higher than that point you will see and the higher you get 
the further you will see it is really straightforward and that's where basically the whole idiotic concept of living on a globe began it was by not understanding the laws of convergence and thinking that the sun is actually going beneath the horizon it hasn't it's never gone beneath the horizon it's always one parallel height above that it's always been and it stays that height it's just that it gets converged by your local position according to laws of perspective stuff that is really simple to understand if you spend a little bit of time to try and comprehend it and stop looking for uh, confirmation bias to confirm something that is as ridiculous as living on a spinning space ball. And all right, thank you, Ironhorse, for your rebuttal. And I'm going to hand it right back over to both of you guys for five to ten minutes more of open dialogue. So what's, what's the law of perspective? Can you uh, describe that mathematically for me? No, I can't. There's nothing mathematical about it. It's, it's to oh, do with viewing. Yeah, it's perspective is specifically mathematical. No, it's absolutely not mathematical because your viewing well, the, height... The formula changes. for perspective would disagree with you, of course. Well, but you can't reduce everything to a formula, Craig. You know, well, sometimes you can, you can see than you can on another day. Sometimes you do have this thing called refraction. Sometimes you do have atmospheric You always have refraction. You can't always but, apply a mathematical formula to reality yeah, when you convergence still brings everything horizontal to the eye of the viewer. Simple as that. The higher you it get, really the further that convergence line goes into the distance. You'll see further, but it will still always be horizontal to the eye. Uh, so... There's nothing about perspective that says that you would be able to see further the higher you go if the Earth was flat. Nothing about perspective at all says that. That's perspective bullshit. is alpha equals two times the arc tangent which you are, where alpha is the angular size of the object, g is the distance, um, g is the actual size of the, of the object, and r is the distance to the object. There's a mathematical formula for perspective. You can actually calculate how big things are supposed to be based on how far away you are. Um, and nothing that you described matches reality. Um, there is absolutely no reason at all on a flat plane, a difference of one to eight meters should be able to see so much more of a mountain in the distance. No, um, that's not, that's, that's completely <coughs> the, 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 the curve, hold on, I haven't finished, I haven't finished. Hold on, I haven't finished. The curve that you say we should see is the fact there's a horizon. That is the effect of the curve, right? <laughs> the fact that there is a horizon is because there's a curve to the earth. And if the Earth is um, spherical, the higher up you go, the more of something you should be able to see. There is no reason that happens if the Earth is flat. None at all. Absolutely none. You can lie about convergence and stuff as much as you want. It doesn't make it real. Nothing you've said matches reality. You have no evidence for what you say. You are just saying things. All the evidence matches the flat Earth model because getting up higher across the flat surface definitely increases the angular resolution of things. But on a globe, it wouldn't be because as I, described, as I described with, say, a mound of dirt, it's real curvature. If something's hidden by it, you have to go forwards and over it to see beyond it, not backwards and away from it to see further. So you've actually proved the flat Earth. You just prove your ignorance of how perspective actually works because convergence is a very real thing. You can see it with any old brick wall. You aren't describing convergence, though. You're just making down, stuff up. You move your head up and down. You will see the lines of convergence changing as you change. The one at eye level is always going to remain level. That's your horizon, horizontal. It's always going to be that way. So the, the horizon, you get, the horizontal doesn't mean horizon. Um, 
It can only work on a flat Earth, and it can't work on a globe. Again, no, it can only work on a globe. There is no reason on a flat Earth for you to be able to see more the higher you get. That's not how perspective or convergence work at all. Yes, it, it makes is. sense on a globe. It makes sense on a globe. You saying no, it doesn't is just you saying things. You have no evidence for that. You are just saying things. <laughs> the fact that if you go higher on a, something that's spherical, you can see more. That is how geometry works. You just saying things and saying you have evidence isn't presenting evidence. Show some evidence. Give me some citations. Back up your claims. Otherwise, Ross, you are just saying things. And these things are irrelevant. The fact say and, and, and you didn't even address the fact that we can literally see the curve of the Earth that we expect to see at 36,000 meters. You know, it's, we can it's the curve it. of the Earth. See right behind you? See how there's a corner sitting above your pointy little head there? See how the lines of the ceiling are converging downwards towards that point? That's what yeah. convergence does. You know that the ceiling is yeah, parallel to the floor. Match what you said. What we need to do is converging upwards. So you're denying reality, which you can see oh, right no, no, no. in your how convergence works. You are denying reality. Uh, convergence <laughs> doesn't change the amount you can see if the earth is flat and you go higher. Nothing about convergence says that. Unless you can provide evidence of some kind that on a flat earth going higher means you can see further you are just lying because that's what no, flat earth is it's just lies really isn't it all flat earth all flat earthers do is they just lie and right now you are just telling lies okay just keep speaking if it makes you feel better everything beneath you is ramping oh, yeah, it up and it reaches that convergence point so if you get higher you will see further across it because you, you, you showed that image right. of somebody looking down from up the higher point, but that's not how we look. We're always looking out. And the ground isn't staying flat beneath us like you'd expect. Otherwise, you'd see it getting drastically lower as you got higher. It always ramps up to eye level, no matter how high that's, you go. Even those, even those global um, images you showed, the mage. That actually images, um, but if you're looking at the horizon, you're looking down. Rising up to eye level. If you're looking at the horizon, you're looking down. No, you're not. It ramps up. Yes, you are. No, 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 you're literally looking down when you look at the horizon. So how come the floor beneath you seems to be ramping upwards? If it ramped far enough to about three miles, it would reach a convergence point. That's how convergence works. It yeah. all converges. It, looking point. like it's coming up doesn't mean it's actually coming up. You realise that? Of course not. Of course like not. The, you know, that, that corner, right, it's not actually sloping down. It's not actually sloping down, Ross. It just looks That's like it is. And no matter how far away, wait, wait, no matter how far away I went from that corner would not change the amount of that corner that I could see if the earth is flat, ever. What you are saying is so illogical, has no basis in reality, and is simply misunderstanding shapes, which I'm very no. surprised at for a gentleman of your age. All I'm saying is if you kept extending those lines from where you are, they will reach a convergence point somewhere in the distance. And that's usually about three miles away from a six and foot height. That's how convergence works. And then if you got higher, well, if you got double the height, you'll see double the distance. It's a massive Not amount of difference. There's no reason for that on a flat earth at all. Absolutely. It's the only reason. It's because the earth is well, flat. No, there's literally no reason for that on a flat earth at all. If, None that, horizon, if that horizon was a curvature point and caused by curvature, you would never be able to get high enough because you're going backwards away from it to be able to see over it. You would never see further. More arguments from incredulity. More, more arguments from incredulity there. Um, just literally making stuff up. Um, so this is very simple, all right? 
let's say we've got this block, right? This line at the bottom is the flat earth. And we've got two heights here. We've got one height and we've got two heights. Yeah. Going higher does not allow you to see more of this at all, ever. This is reality, all right? Now, this is now, what, now if, the earth, if the earth was flat, this is how it would work. There is no right. amount of going higher you're, ever you're not listening that would allow you to see more of this. The higher you, you get, do. if the earth is flat, you're still going to see the same amount. That's never, ever going to change. But okay. what, if the earth is curved? What, if, what if the earth is curved, right? What, what about that? What happens then? Well, let's have a look, shall we? Uh, yeah. got the earth, we've got the earth curved, right? And we've got our we've got our mountain there, okay? And now let's have one height there. So from this height, oh, we can see this amount, all right, up here. But if we go higher, say if we're at this height up here, oh look, all of a sudden we can see more. You see, going up when the earth is curved allows you to see more of the mountain. The further down you are, the curve gets in the way and you can see less of it. But the higher up you are, if the earth is curved, you can see the entire thing. It's very simple. This is why that <laughs> picture that right. I showed you, this is why that picture I showed you shows that the earth is curved. Because the higher up you go, the more of the bottom you can see. All right. Um, let me just zoom in there so you can the amount of curvature that the earth would have so, it's only eight inches per if you're if you're here if you're if you're this high right you can only see to this point right you can't see the bottom bit here but if you go up higher you're able to see the bottom bit because you can see over the curve this is exactly what i just showed you in that image right exactly okay. what i just showed you 100 um you've, the, you've had the higher up you go the higher up you go the more you can see you can see further over the curve matching the predictions that is science undeniable so you're just ignoring reality absolutely with your own diagrams because you can see here how the water is ramping up towards the both of those images so it's in the center so it's not curvature at all you're showing that by getting higher because you know the curvature formula it's only about eight inches in one mile and you know that's not the square that's seven times past that it's um, um but there's no way the, the, that the horizon that you see the horizon that's the effect of the curve that's what you're seeing you, and like you, i've you just pretty, shown you like i just showed you with uh, with the paint the higher up you go if the earth is curved you can see more of it matching the prediction of a curved earth well you had your say <clears throat> undeniable you had your say you, you showed an image where by getting up higher, you're showing the floor staying down, whereas we know that the floor ramps up to eye level. So when you get higher, that okay. convergence point is still going to be eye level, but you keep putting it way down beneath your feet. So you're showing you've got no understanding of perspective, whatever, and so you're using that I, then for your confirmation bias once again to think that it's curvature when it's clearly not curvature because the curve does not just magically vanish into thin air just because you got higher. And so Fight the um, Flat Earth, I'm going to let you have a final statement, but when you're done on that, we're actually going to switch topics to space. Okay. So, um, yeah, I literally just showed you how you were wrong. I literally just showed you <laughs> with a diagram in real time, how you are wrong. 
on the flat earth, there's no reason for you to be able to see more of the bottom. On the curved earth, the higher you go, you can see more. Matching predictions. I literally showed you the predictions and then I showed you the picture. You just going, uh, is irrelevant. It doesn't change the fact that reality actually disagrees with you. And so, Iron Horse, I am going to give the ball back to you, but you actually have five minutes of opening. Of, uh, we're talking now about space in general. But the floor Radio. is back to you. Well, I'll just real quickly mention. Thank you, Amy. I will just quickly mention, though, that you talking about a distance difference of only about six or seven meters that's a difference in height. So you are not going to see over that much curvature in such a short amount of height. Your diagram the evidence of that you just say sixty or seventy miles high. So yeah. So yeah, yeah, space we've, we've gone now. So that's right, Craig. I just thought I'd make my final point, and you know the floor's mine. Well, so you've you already had your point. Leave so. it all. Right? Miracles do happen. So we've got. You, you think that space is real? Well, okay. We all grew up watching Buck Rogers and. Star Trek and all these other space fantasies, you know, we all believed it because it's the sort of thing we were indoctrinated with. It's all a great Hollywood fantasy, just as the Chili Peppers saying, you know, space may be the final frontier, but it's made in a Hollywood basement. All of it is made in a Hollywood basement. NASA have multiple videos of people on record confirming we cannot go beyond low Earth orbit. They, they invented the Van Allen radiation belts back in the day to say that it's too dangerous to pass through, even though they still pretended they went through it while they faked the moon landings because you can't go to the moon either. We can only go to a maximum of about 120 to 130,000 feet. And it's only above that Kármán line, which I described before, firmament B at about 12 to 14 miles high, where Earth goes black or the sky goes black because all the light exists in the noble gases fluorescing beneath us. That's where... They think they've gone beyond the edge of space, but they cannot go beyond any higher. We've seen a go-fast rocket get to about 70 miles, I believe it was, maybe 72. Maybe it was only 62. I forget. But whatever it is, we hear that going up, 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 then clunk, and then stops, and then it falls back down. So we've seen zero evidence of anything ever actually entering open space or outer space. All we've got is CGI paintings, so much fake crappery that NASA has given us, and they're pretty much the leading experts in space stuff that we've shown us, saying we've sent out probes, and you know, I'm sure you've got plenty of probes that have been to Uranus. There's no evidence of anything ever been to outer space. We'll never get there. We've got plenty of people quoting, we've got this highest, hardest glass ceiling. Now, some people think that's just a metaphor talking about something else, but it's actually the truth. We've seen plenty of evidence of even the Simpsons show stuff, and they're great at their predictive programming. They show that dream of Homer where he hits a home run and it smashed the ceiling and the sky comes flooding down. You know, it's like it's meant to be humor, but it's actually giving us hidden truths. This sort of stuff is going on all around us. There's no outer space. Everything is inner space. You can't even see stars above the firmament B. They don't exist. We require these noble gases for light to visibly exist. So once we, you know, we see everything up through that. That's why the, the stars appear to sparkle and the sun appears to be a solid ball of light. But once you go above that, there are no stars and the sun becomes something completely different from how it normally looks. There's, you know, I think people that grow up being fed childhood fantasies, it, it's filling a dream. Now, how, how often have we heard promises by NASA? We're going to send more men to the moon. We're going to go to Mars. We're going to do all this stuff. 
and here it is, oh, we have to put it off for another 10 years, another five years, and they keep putting it off and putting it off. They're just selling the dream. And all these globers keep saying, oh, yeah, well, let's send him up in a rocket and then we'll see him prove that it's not a globe. Then we'll he's, yeah, then really say, and they'll say, oh, no, it's just all CGI through the window or something. Yeah, you've got so many excuses as to why we cannot go to space, but we know we can't go to space because you can't go to space because there is no space. The only space that exists is that black part up to about 70 miles high above the firmament B. And if there's more land, outer space is beyond Antarctica, and that's forbidden to go to. So who will know? But there's no such thing as outer space. Woohoo! Thank you so very much, Iron. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to you, Fight the Flat Earth, for your five-minute rebuttal. Oh, so I'm showing a rocket now that is, uh, you know, it shows the entire launch from, you know, launch to being in space. Um, look at it now, being in space. Well, yeah, that's, that's not real. Um, space is simply an area of extremely low pressure. We know that exists. In fact, I've already shown you today that that exists. Here is, once again, Mr. Sensible's MAGE project. And this is the barometric pressure reading as it goes up. And as you can see, the higher it gets, the lower that the, uh, the pressure gets until you're practically zero, which is space. Um, that, that's what space is. Space is an extremely low pressure area. Um, once again, here is a rocket flying in space. You, you can say it's fake or you like, but, you know, that's just telling lies once again. Um, yeah, we didn't currently have the technology to go beyond lower orbit, except we do now. It's called Artemis. Um, there's several projects in place that will be taking us back to the moon and going to Mars. You can deny it all you like, but you can't keep denying it when it's actually going to happen. Again, I am showing you right now a rocket in space. It debunks everything that you just said. It, it's that That's it. Rocket in space. Done. Space is real. We can measure the pressure when we go up there. Here it is once again. We actually measured the pressure when Mr. Sensible did. Space is an extremely low area of, pre uh, of pressure, and that's it. You can see it's a low area of pressure because as this rocket goes up, that plume behind it, if I go back a bit, right? So here we are just to get above the clouds, and you can see the exhaust is uh, it's, it's slightly contained there. But as it gets higher and higher and goes to areas of lower and lower pressure, as I speed up there, you can see that, that plume of exhaust expands more and more and more because the pressure gets lower and lower and lower which is what space is uh you can deny that the moon landing happened but doesn't change the fact that it actually happened we you know literally went to the moon uh to deny space is just denying reality um you mentioned about the gopro rocket that goes up and then stops uh, that is called a yo-yo de-spin maneuver and and is designed to stop a rocket spinning uh, so that it can be more, you know, stable in, in the air. And that GoPro rocket that you talk about, um, the actual creator of that saw the claims about it hitting the firmament and actually showed in a video the yo-yo de-spin mechanism that was attached to that GoPro rocket. Um, that GoPro rocket also didn't get anywhere near as high as, say, Mr. Sensible's Mage did. It didn't get anywhere near as high as Mr. Sensible's Mage. Um yeah, apparently it hit a firmament, which is strange because Mr. Sensible's mage went higher than that GoPro rocket and didn't hit or see any firmament. And once again, match the predictions of what we see. Space is real. I've just showed you that space is real. 
The Nile is also a river in Egypt. <laughs> you got to be kidding me, right? And with that, guys, I'm actually handing it back over to both of you for another 10 minutes of open dialogue. And I will say, guys, keep on sending those questions and super chats because after the next rounds of dialogue, we are moving into the Q&A. But, gentlemen, the floor is yours once again. Craig, yeah, we just, so, so, just admitted that, that the major went to 35 or 36 kilometers. And yet yeah. we're talking about the go fast rocket. It's not a GoPro rocket. It's go fast. At least get the name right. And it went to about 70 uh-huh. miles. That's more than double as high I mean, as your major. No, that, 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 that one you're talking about, most certainly didn't. actually went convex as well. You, you quickly showed that image and then quickly took it off. But you showed the horizon oh, was convex. Sorry, wait, where did I show it being convex? What did I, what did I show being convex? That last image of the mage that you showed, you could see the horizon clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah she did. You're, you're, you're literally just lying. So let's put it up and you can show me exactly where. Oh, this one behind him now. Yeah, because that is from the wide angle That's lens. Like, like I said, like I said, this cam this probe had three cameras on. Oh, yeah, one, two of them, two of them were wide yeah, angle. Two of them. Uh, wait, I'm talking. I'm talking. Uh, I saw it. Right? No, you're this, lying. Uh, you're not you're uh, lying. Uh, excuse me. I'm talking. If you could shush. No, you're thank lying. you. Uh, excuse me. I'm talking. If you could shush. Thank you. No, right? Uh, so if you want to keep interrupting me, you're just showing that you have no argument. That's fine. All right? So this has three cameras, two that are wide angle and one that isn't. This one that isn't never, ever, ever shows it being concave. And this bit at the end, as you can see, where it shows it being concave is not that camera because you don't see the strings on it. This is from the, the watch behind him now is from the wide angle camera. That one at the top, right. That's what he's showing you right now. The camera with the strings in never, ever, 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 ever shows it being concave. That is just a lie. Please don't lie. I've never seen before. Where are the strings? The, where are the strings? I've shown you several times. There they are, in front of the camera. Yeah, but you can't see them at that resolution. You see straight through hey, them like they're not even... Uh, really? Then explain to me what these strings are. What strings? The strings across the middle of the freaking str- screen. See the orange and That's... the black strings? They oh, are the strings. Was... Right? Look at again, once again, at, at the probe that was sent up. You've got an orange string and a black string, right? In front of the non-fish eye lens. And when you shit, there you go, the orange and the black strings in the non-fisheye lens. So any image that does not have these strings in, any image that does not have these strings in is not from the non-fisheye lens. So when you said that it's concave, oh, I've got you, ha, 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 because it's behind him. No, that was from the wide-angle camera. But the non-wide-angle, the non-fisheye, never, ever shows anything apart from the Earth being convex. So please don't lie to me. Sorry, it was there. Next, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, that is, and once again, that behind him is the wide-angle camera, not the non-fisheye camera. Uh, uh, What what are you getting about this? Unless you see the strings, it's not the non-fisheye. It still doesn't prove space, and it still shows that you are a liar or just absolutely wrong about saying that. that Wait, wait. In what way am I a liar? What way am I a liar, Ross? Show me. Tell me exactly how I'm lying. The go-fast rocket went more than double that height. That's how you're lying. 
The go fast and hit about seven. The yo-yo despin maneuver. What, what about it being called a yo-yo despin maneuver? Am I lying about that? Sorry, I was I was still speaking, so I didn't hear you as you were talking over me. Uh, so, what about the yo-yo despin maneuver? Am I lying about that? Probably, because the whole thing was bloody spinning like a top the whole way up. Why would it yeah. all of a sudden deploy this yo-yo spin when we hear it make a distinct thunk and stop? Hey, that's not a yo-yo if it, spin. If it, if it, if it thunked into yeah. something, it would explode. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I would um, explode. Uh, yeah. It, so, do, 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 do. Let, let me get the, the video. Up. Have a look. Um, right. So, uh, yo yo D spin maneuvers are something that are, are used to stabilize rockets. Uh, so, let me get the video from the person that made that. Right, so um, keep on stretching, keep on stretching. What, what other points did you actually uh, make? Just the evidence. Space exists. You know, you're talking about space, outer space. Yeah, what, space clearly you showed exists. a rock going really high, and then you showed it bending over, and you showed a little bit of fish so, uh, lens activity behind it. But that doesn't prove space. Of course, once you go above firmament B, which is 12 to 14 miles high, of course the space. gases are going to dissipate because there's no air up there. So that could only be oh, like, there no air up there because of gravity, right? That could only be 20 miles high for all we know. That's not out of space. Making stuff up. Right. Anyway, so here is the guy that the blue balls effect to be to, to assume you're in outer space. We never see that. We only see that in paintings and cartoons. You've never so seen you say, you say they're paintings, but you've got no evidence that anyway. The yo-yo D spin. This is the person um that made that rocket, and he's actually showing the yo-yo D spin mechanism. Um so it's cool, but it doesn't have space. We're talking about space. Uh, it, not about no, we're talking about the yo-yo right now. So as you can as you can see, it's going fast, but as soon as they release those counterweights, it stops the spinning. That is a yo-yo despin maneuver and was exactly what was on the go fast rocket. If it was to hit a firmament and just stop, the rocket would explode. Why would it explode? Because something traveling several hundred miles an hour slamming into a firmament would not just be there perfectly intact. It would explode. Maybe it slowed down that much by that stage because they had nothing to push off because there's no atmosphere out there. That's not how rockets so work. It will stop anyway. It deployed its yo-yo <laughs> thing and its firmament and it just went clunk. That's all it made. It didn't make a huge thing. It was just a little clunk. Yeah, and if it hit the firmament in any way, it would have exploded. But also, that's not how rockets work. So, okay, but you still that. haven't proven out of space by showing a low Earth orbit. Uh, there you go. There's space. You showed a low Earth orbit rocket. That's all you've shown. It's space right now. Is is low Earth orbit space? Yes or no? No, no, it's not. Well, you're 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 wrong. Low Earth orbit is most definitely space. It's not. It's just gone above twelve or fourteen miles of height. It's going about yeah, that's space. Maybe. Lower it's orbit is space. You, you can say it's not space, but once again, you would be okay. telling a lot. Well, okay, I will say it is space because there's nothing there. Oh, there we go. Wait, hold on, hold on one sec. Did you just say it is space? Did you just say it is space? Yes, but I did not Well, then you just admitted that space is real. End of discussion. It's inner space, mate. It's inner space, and we all agree that... Uh, that no, that, that was the movie from the 80s. Um, 
What uh, talk about no, going no, to say? Movie, but you don't have to get sidetracked on your Hollywood fantasies, as I know you globers love to do. We're talking about reality here. There's no such thing yeah, as reality, outer, space, outer space. If that rocket was high uh, enough, do you want to explain geosynchronous orbit for me then? Upside down should show a ship going sideways on the side of the planet. We've never seen uh, anything like that. Nice ever. straw man. Nice, nice straw man. Because that's no, not what we should be no. talking. That's exactly what we need to be doing. If we're going to prove the Earth is a globe, you need some solid evidence because the flat Earth has been oh, debunked. Yeah, like we've been to space. That's a really good solid evidence, yes. The globe is dead. We've never been to outer space. There's no such thing. Earth is the physically... I'm literally showing you a video of something in outer space. At the bottom of the known universe, and there is no such thing as outer space. I'm literally showing you a video of, of us in outer space. You didn't. You showed I'm literally Earth showing Earth. you it right now. Where? Uh, and you just you just agreed low Earth orbit is space. So here we go, video of space. <laughs> You're really stretching here, aren't you? You're really stretching. Well, by, by showing stretching. by physically showing you space, I'm stretching. Brilliant. Okay, look, so look, anyway, look, Ross, could you explain to me geosynchronous <laughs> orbits, please? Could you explain to me how you receive satellite television from satellites that are twenty two thousand miles above the surface of the equator? See, there's space everywhere. The distance between two things is space. We're talking about outer space, Craig. Yeah, and I've just shown you an image about space. Uh, do, you, do you want to see it again? Should we look at it again, Ross? Just in case you're confused. Ask the um, question again, Craig, because um, we, I was busy over talking you that time. Yeah, um, do you want to explain how geosynchronous orbits happen if space isn't real? Because that requires being 22,000 miles above the surface of the equator. Geosynchronous orbits. So you mean, in other words, staying stationary relative to the Earth? That's quite yes. simple. If you're at twenty-two thousand miles above the surface, yes, above a stationary planet Earth, then you are geosynchronous. It's very easy. It only it's only possible on a stationary planet Earth. If the Earth is spinning sixty-six thousand miles per hour, going around the sun, and the sun is going five hundred and fourteen thousand miles an hour through space, then a geosynchronous satellite is ridiculous to think that it could keep up with all oh, those So things. another it's argument from incredulity. Uh, that's what, Ross, every time you go, it's ridiculous, that is nothing more than an argument from incredulity. No, it's not. It's an argument I, I, I don't care if you it's think it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Oh, hold on, hold on. My, I do not care. Hold on, I'm talking. With this I do not care. Uh, Ross, come on. Well, here, guys. Uh, let, let me finish. Let, let me finish. Let me let Flat Earth uh, or fight the Flat Earth have uh, let him make his last statement, and then Iron, you'll have your last statement, and then we're going to switch it up and give five minutes back to fight the Flat Earth for space itself. But yeah. both you yeah. guys. I, I, yeah. I really, really don't care about your arguments from incredulity. Every time you go, that's ridiculous, that's a fallacy that you're making. The fallacy of incredulity, all right? I do not care if you think it's ridiculous. It's real, whether you think it's ridiculous or not. And then, Iron, you have your last statement, and then we're going to do our final round of back and forth. Right, yeah. Well, it's quite obvious that Craig doesn't care about what is reality. Because that's what we're talking about here. If if you've got your heliocentric dialect, then each and every one of the speeds that you are claiming to be a fact has to be accounted for by every single satellite. Now these satellites are said to be in free fall speed. So the Earth spinning is is nothing compared to its orbital rate of motion, which is nearly sixty-seven thousand miles per hour. So if a satellite is going around the Earth, then it is sometimes ahead of the Earth and sometimes behind the Earth. 
And so that means free sports at free fall speed alone, it has to be accelerating and then getting around the front and then putting on the brakes to come back around again. And you've also then got the fact that you claim the sun is moving 514,000 miles per hour. That's over half a million miles per hour, another direction through the galaxy. Oh. And something in free fall is just going to cling to the earth from thousands of miles away as though it's geosynchronous. That is the most absurd belief possible. And it's so another possible. argument for you to do this. Hovering above the atmosphere, above a stationary planet, then it becomes possible. And all right, and we're going to have one more round of back and forth, but keep on sending to Modern Day Debate Sideshow and myself, Amy Newman, in chat your questions and super chats and fight the flat earth. I am handing it back over to you for five minutes about space. So um, I've already shown that, that space is real in, in my rebuttal. Um, lower Earth orbit or not, that is space. Space is a thing. Um, but more, more importantly, we've measured the distance to the sun with radar. And that one fact destroys the flat Earth claim. We have literally used radar to ping the sun. See how far away it is. And unless you're claiming that we don't know how radar works, then the physical measurements of the distance to the sun with radar debunks you. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Apologies. Uh, so um, I presented a scientific paper several times. I don't have it handy right now. Let me see if I can get it. Um, but we've actually used radar to measure the distance to the sun showing that it is 93 million miles away. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> I apologize. Oh. Um, I'm just trying to get the paper. I can't find the paper right now, but uh, I said it to a flatter for recently, but we've literally used radar to ping the distance to the sun, showing that it's 93 million miles away. We know how radar works. Radar is vital to a lot of the operations for, for ships and everything. We know how radar works, and we used radar to physically measure the distance to other planets in our solar system and the sun. So simple question for, for Flat Earth Aussie Jesus is, how did we use radar to measure the sun being 93 million miles away if the sun is not 93 million miles away? Okay, if that's your evidence of space, congratulations, you've bailed the globe once again. We, you, the way radar works, it's called radio waves. And radio waves are also uh -huh. called air waves. We need air for waves to propagate. No. any sort of medium to have waves. Yes, yes, this is a, is a fact. Radar does so not need air to propagate. Could you show me a so citation for that? If you can't, then you're lying. Can you show me a water wave without water? No, you can't. You have to have... Uh, we're not talking about water, we're talking about radar. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so, so show me a citation that radar requires air to work, please. And or you're just on the radio. You're on the air. They've got signs outside the studio door on the air. So you can't enter when you're on the air. Yeah, that's, that's so on the air. Okay, saying you're on the air is is not saying that it's in, that's just you know, we're live, we're on the air. Radar oh, so does not require a medium, and unless you can provide a citation that says radar needs a medium, you are lying. 
of the people who invented radio and who used radio for decades and decades. You're saying they're all lying. They didn't know what they're talking about. They're, they're actually using microwaves and no, no light stuff that doesn't require a medium. Well, even light requires a medium. That's why space is black. You can't see, you uh, can't see light without something for it to strike, to hit upon. But, Otherwise, we wouldn't even have light. It's streaming past the earth the whole time in your globe model. That light has to have something to hit. Every sort of wave form has to have a medium. And so when you're sending out um, waveforms that you know work at a spe specific scale in the medium of air, which generally travel, travel across the planet Earth, with, they never have to take into consideration any sort of curvature or bounce off anything. If you're sending them upwards and you're sending them into less and less dense sort of thing, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to slow them right down. And by the time they come back again, you might be foolish enough to believe they've traveled 93 million miles. A most ridiculous figure. At, yeah, we can't see 93 million miles. We more more incredulity. Miles more, more incredulity. So right here, I have the scientific paper. Right, right here, I, I have the scientific paper about me radar measurements of the sun done in 1961. About a thousand daily radar experiments have been made of the sun at El Campo, Texas in April 1961. Um, so unless you're denying that we've actually done it, like this scientific paper says, um, unless you can provide a citation that radar works the way that you claim, you are lying. I have the evidence right here, a scientific paper about measurements to the sun using radar. You can't just but deny it. Here is the evidence. You're quoting something from 60 years ago, Craig. How much Who cares when it's from? Who cares when it's from? Technology advanced in the last sixty years. I mean, they destroyed. That's completely all the irrelevant. Uh, sorry, no, sorry. Sorry, you, you, that's a completely non sequitur. Complete non sequitur. Complete non sequitur. Let's concentrate on the fact that I have actual scientific evidence that they use radar to measure the sun. Okay, I'm trying to answer you, Craig. You and you so, what's going to happen is Iron, With you're you're going to make your last statement. I'll let you say whatever you want, and then Fight the Flat Earth is going to have his final statement on that topic, but then I'm going to hand it back over to you for your five-minute rebuttal. But the floor is yours. It'll go back and forth. Last statement. All I'm saying is our technology has advanced so much in even just the last decade alone. You're talking about 60-year-old technology, stuff you know that they've claimed they've destroyed most of anyway, because that's why they say we can't go to the moon because we destroyed that technology. Because we've got radar now where a police car can detect which lane a car is in beyond the visible range of where they're even at and know which is which and what speeds they're going. And yet we haven't got a more accurate uh, determination of how far away the sun is these days. We've got radar basically on the back of traffic control vehicles or even little signs that sit by the side of the road. Radar has come a very long way to detect very accurate speeds, all calibrated on the surface of the earth. We've seen no new technology in the last 60 years. That's how long ago you're quoting from. 60 years ago, yes. to show evidence for how, how we know the sun is 93 million miles away. What a crock of shit. And then fight the flat earth, your last statement on the topic of space. So more arguments from incredulity from Ross. I'm literally showing the evidence. Who cares how, how long ago it was? Who cares that this was done in the 1960s? It doesn't matter. It was done. Here is, here is the evidence that it was done. Um, we literally measured the, the distance to the sun using radar. It's been done. It doesn't matter that it was done in 1960. Your incredulity is irrelevant to facts. Um, you can't provide a citation that says radar needs uh, a medium because that doesn't exist. 
I can literally provide a citation. I am doing it right now that we used radar to measure the distance to the sun. It's been done. Your denial is irrelevant. We measured the distance to the sun using radar. It's 93 million miles away. End of story. And then, thank you, Fight the Flat Earth. Iron Horse, the floor is yours for five minutes of rebuttal. Okay, I sort of thought that open dialogue was really rebuttal. Um, so we, so this is a rebuttal about space existing, I assume. You're talking, but we can't hear you. Once again, it's all about that double tap. So uh, we'll have one last uh, five-minute rebuttal, Iron Horse, and then one last more ten-minute of open dialogue, and then the Q&A, and then maybe a last thing just to uh, tell everyone where you guys are at and stuff like that. But five minutes of at least the ball being in your control. It can be some back and forth, but the ball is yours. Okay, well, thank you, Amy. Um, I, there's nothing really left to, re to rebute except the fact that Craig keeps calling my arguments of incredulity. Well, I call them arguments of knowing the facts. Like, obviously, a fact has to be a fact if you're going to claim it to be a fact. Now, the positive claim of the globe spinning at 1.35 Mach, even though... The, the only argument they got against that is saying, oh, well, there's no sound in space, so you can't use Mac. Well, it's just a, a referral to a speed of 776, 767 miles per hour, 767, is the average speed of sound at ground level. So if we talk about a Mac speed, that's one Mac. So when we talk about Mac 1.35, that's all we're talking about. We're not saying sound itself is necessarily relevant to be able to use Mac speed. It's a way of trying to narrow down these massive speeds into something comprehensible to the human mind because if i say 66,600 miles per hour most people will go yeah well whatever but if i say that that's 87 mac that actually means something that means you're going 87 times the speed of sound that's our orbital rate through space that we're assuming that everything we send out to space must be keeping up with as well we're not just leaving them in our space dust we send out radio waves but we're shooting away at 87 times the speed of sound, and we expect to get a, a reasonable reading back from a radio wave that we've sent out thousands of miles away by the time it reaches back to us, and we can say it's gone 93 million miles. Now, yes, they'll say it's going at the speed of uh, light. I don't even know what the speed of light is off the top of my head because as far as I'm concerned, light doesn't even have a speed. Light is just instantaneous. It's either there or it isn't. Now, when we use artificial lights, like a laser or a, or a flicking on the switch or something, well, that certainly has a measurement between the time it's switched on and the time you'll see it. But that doesn't mean that that's the speed of light itself. The light that we're used to, daylight, sunlight, starlight, all these things exist or happen, occur instantaneously. The minute we see them, that's when they exist. They haven't existed hundreds of millions of years ago. We are not looking into the past every time we look at the night sky. We are looking at real time here and now. And that is the sort of things that the globers have to convince themselves to, to believe their fantasy is that they believe so much ridiculous nonsense. They believe that outer space, the nearest star is like 450 billion miles away. How ridiculous is that? We can't see that far. All the stars appear in the firmament where we see them because light only occurs here on Earth. So literally this is one of the most profound understandings of flat earth is when the bible predicted or somebody in the bible i'm not a huge bible fan but somebody in the bible predicted a long time ago that the stars will fall to earth what we're saying here now is the stars are near and local they're only 
12 to 14 miles high. Once you go above that point, there are no stars. So we have brought the stars to Earth. We are literally bringing heaven to Earth. And we're trying to make this place a much better place than what the heliocentrists have given us. They've given us scarcity. They've given us ownership by the Vatican because we're found lost at sea in a galactic sea. So when you're found lost at sea, whoever finds you or your, your, your property, they take possession of it. They own it. So when they have you believing you live in a galactic sea, they've basically found you lost in space and they've put your mind lost in space and they've taken ownership of you. So you are their property. All your stuff, you don't own anything of it. It's all theirs. And that's how they work with their mind control. But if, it's only because you give them consent. The moment you awaken from that illusion, delusion, we are not spinning through space. We are people of the land, a man of the land, a woman of the land, our children, uh, children of the land, we belong to man's law, not this maritime law, the law of the sea, which has them owning us and taking all our possessions. So all you have to do is say, I do not consent to this lunacy. I do not consent to this lunacy. I don't believe in it. We, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily a strong sovereign believer, but I believe we are born, all of us are sovereign, without going through all the jargon and all the rest. You know, you go along One to minute. get along, fly beneath the radar, but all of this space nonsense being in a galaxy being on a little blue ball floating through space all to in, make our little blue ball completely insignificant a tiny little blue speck removes any sort of idea of a grand designer our planet earth fixed at the oh. bottom of the known universe makes this place special and it makes us significant we have a purpose we belong and we're put here for a reason and all right, thank you, Iron Horse. And I'm giving it back over to you guys for our final back and forth and open discussion. The floor, once again, is both of yours. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Flat Earth Jesus just told us exactly what Flat Earth is. It's the need to be special. That's all it is. We have to be special. We have to be the ones that this universe was created for. We have to be special, otherwise it's got no meaning. That is what Flat Earth is about. It's the need, the want to be special. Everything you said there, Ross, in fact, everything that you've said today, every single thing, is just an argument from incredulity with zero evidence behind it. Um, what you just said about light is frankly one of the dumbest things that I've ever heard in my life. How the hell can light just be there? That's not how the universe works. We can measure the speed of light. We know that light travels. You just saying it doesn't, doesn't change the fact that it does. Um, do you have any scientific evidence to back up your claim that light is just there instantaneously? Absolutely I do. Because you, you flick on a light switch, it's, it comes on, doesn't it? The, the gases inside a fluorescent bulb while they might need a little bit of a kickstarter, once they fluoresce, the light is there. Now, your speed of light came from a couple of blokes from centuries ago using a stopwatch and lighting a candle from different mountains. And that's how they determine what the no, speed of light is. What a freaking stopwatch it is. No, There's didn't. no measurement of a speed of light. There's and, plenty and of measurement. Now, give me a chance to finish your, what you just said, because none of my arguments are from incredulity whatsoever. They're they all, all based on every single one. observations of your beliefs and it's not from a desire to want to be special. It's from yes, a realization that eventually you have to come to the conclusion that this earth is unique. It's the only physical plane in existence which makes it unique. It's not because we want it to be. It's because like you it want to be special. Yeah. 
It becomes a huge realization. We're the only reason that your so, ancestors in heliocentrism, the heliocentric dialect, the only reason they decided that the earth isn't geocentric well, you, you stop out, of modesty, out of modesty because they did not want to be the center of existence because they didn't want to have to accept the fact that there must be a creator who put us here. Cool. So uh, you can stop soapboxing now. Um, again, it, your need to be special is irrelevant. Um, when you turn on light, that light comes from the light bulb to your eyes at 180,000 miles per second. We have measured the speed of light. To say we haven't, again, is just denial. It's, it's measured. It's done. 180,000 miles per second or about 300,000 kilometers a second. That is the speed of light. Nothing is just there instantaneously. That is not how the universe works. Light, like everything else, has to travel to us. Um, and, you know, you literally everything you said is just from incredulity. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, that seems ridiculous to me. Oh, that, that just seems stupid. And, and you know, every time you say that stuff, it's an argument from incredulity. I do not care if you are incredulous about facts and science. I asked you specifically just now for some scientific evidence that light is instantaneously there. And you said, turn on a light switch. No, have you, turn on a light switch and the light travels, right? Please give me some scientific evidence that shows that light is instantaneously there. Have you personally measured the speed of light? Uh, no, it's been done by many scientists. <laughs> so you're taking it on faith from authority. So you're committing the genet genetic fallacy right now. Um, so that, that, that's lovely. Nothing about science requires everybody to do every experiment ever. Um, so I do not care about the fallacies that you want to bring here. Genetic fallacy, argument from incredulity. Keep your fallacies to yourself and just please answer the question. Can I see some scientific evidence that light is instantaneous? Okay, so you're relying on the high priest of scientism. That's fine. Yes, I can, because we see the stars and we see them in real time. We don't see them. The evidence any yeah, evidence and watching the stars like what do you want me to do go out and take videos I, I, I want you to provide evidence not just say well i see this so that's how it is again ross you are making things up you are literally arguing from incredulity that's all that you're doing that's all that you have just going well i can see the stars does not mean that the light isn't traveling i want some scientific evidence from you that light is instantaneous don't just say well i looked at it it's there give me an experiment Give me some, some scientific papers, anything to back up your claim, because I can back up every single one of my claims. I can back up everything that I say with science, every single thing. So this is your chance. Hold on, hold on. This is your chance right now. Hold on. This is your chance right now, Ross, to provide some scientific evidence for your claim that light is instantaneous. But I don't trust in your high priests of scientism. So why would I rely on your high uh, priests? Sorry, I didn't say scientism. I said science. I didn't I say scientism. I said science. To try and assert something that I believe they are wrong about. I know for a fact that light is instantaneous. So there's plenty of people. Show me who evidence are for that, then. Show me evidence that light is instantaneous, and just, instead of just saying that I believe it, because I don't care about your beliefs. Show me evidence. There's no evidence that's going to convince you, Craig. It's just like saying... There is no is evidence at all. You're making things up. Why, why are you making things up? Ross, why are you making things up? How can you measure Ross, zero? Serious zero, zero, zero question. Serious question, Ross. Yeah, you can measure zero. It's quite easy. But serious question, Ross. Ross, I've got a serious question for you. 
Ross, I've got a serious question for you. Every fucking time. Ross, I've got a serious question for you. I'm still trying to talk and you keep it. All right, guys. Just going to pull you apart for a second. Yeah. We'll ask a question, get an answer. Sorry. So, Ross, serious question for you. Why are you just making things up? I'm not making anything up. I'm telling you the You've fact literally made everything that you are adhering to the high priests of your particular religious cult belief. Of I don't have a religion. Science doesn't. Uh, I, I, don't straw man me. Do not straw man me. Do not straw man me and say I've got a religion because I do not have a religion. I have evidence and facts and science, and I can back up everything that I have said. <laughs> I am asking you once again: show me some evidence of your claim that light is instantaneous. Light is instantaneous, and I don't need that, your that's just it. Show me evidence. Don't just say it. Show me evidence. Exactly the same as I kept trying to say before when you keep over-talking me, as you always do, is that it's the same as with water level. Level is level. It is flat. So you can't measure it because the measurement Level's is not zero. Flat. Another, another lie. Always be zero. You still can't help yourself, can you? The measurement of zero well, is always... I'm not going to just let you die, Ross. I'm not going to just let you die. Instantaneousness of light means it just is instantaneous. It's zero. Show me evidence of that. Show me evidence. Show me evidence. For fuck's sake, you are impossible. Oh, so, okay, right. Just so everyone can see, Ross doesn't have any evidence of his claim. He's just saying it is. You're a petulant little child. That's all you've got. Oh, sure, sure. I'm the petulant little child when all you've got is arguments with incredulity. 60 years ago. Well, you've got proof. That's all you've got. Who cares when it was done? You've got a so religious cult. Does science, science being done 60 years ago stop it being science? You're just in denial. Uh, wait, the science that, that was done 60 years ago stop it being science? It's scientism. If you continue to believe it, no, no, there's, there's no such thing as scientism. There's no such thing as scientism. There is absolutely is, mate, and you're the biggest believer. No, again, that's there. something you've made up. Ross, I'm going to ask you once more. Give me some mate, evidence to claim. You, you, you can't even see that you're in the world's biggest cult because you're in the world's biggest cult. I don't have a cult. I have evidence. I want to see some of your evidence instead of you just saying things. You can keep just saying things. You're a fanatical religious believer and you believe... No, 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 no. I've got evidence. Religion does not require evidence. Stop strawmanning me and saying I have a religion because I do not. I have evidence. You are a brainwashed cult, not me. <laughs> no, mate. You've obviously been hiding under a rock for the last 10 years while we've been out doing real experiments and seeing stuff. You've never done an experiment in your life. Don't lie. That's bullshit. I've done plenty. I've, You've I've never done an experiment in your life. Don't lie to me. I've shown plenty how convergence works to create. You have a never life. shown. You have never done an experiment in your life. Stop lying to me. Will you stop lying to me? I've done no, I'm, I'm not like I've actually done experiments. I've done the Cavendish experiment. I've done pendulum experiment. I've actually done experiments. You've never done an experiment in your life. Flat Earthers have never done an experiment in their lives. Stop telling lies and provide evidence of your claim or admit that you are wrong. I've been outside in the real world, Craig, while you've been sitting in your little classroom or in your little laboratory doing little parlor tricks while I've been out making real world experiments. What's a parlor trick? What's a parlor trick? What's a parlor trick, Ross? What parlor trick are you talking about? Ross, what part of trick are you talking about? Yeah, what, what part of trick are you talking about, Ross? Ross, what part of trick are you talking about? Ross, what part of trick are you talking about? Ross, what part of trick are you talking about? What part of trick are you talking about? Are you done? Yeah, what part of trick are you talking about? We're going to pull it into our final minute. 
Okay. Your power but, trick, uh, like your pen simple. Pen yeah, Ross, specifically what part of trick? Beams. Little bounce beams Sorry? improve gravity. Uh, my pendulum proves spin. But you, so you're you just being incredulous again. You're just being incredulous again and ignoring science, well, I see. Why are you saying that my experiments aren't valid then? Why are you saying I haven't what done experiments them have you I done? Haven't? What experiments have you done, Ross? I've done multiple experiments, especially to do Same with one. perspective convergence. Uh, Julian Spective, it's called. It's on my perspective playlist on my channel called Julian Spective. Well, I've gone out and looked at Julian Rocks. It's a rocky outcrop at Byron Bay. You stand at sea level, you, you look at out at second, Craig. Shut up for a second, just for fucking once while I answer the question. Julian Rocks is sitting above the horizon when viewed from sea level. You get a little bit higher and you can see that Julian Rocks is surrounded by miles and miles and miles of perfectly flat and level water. So how can that be curvature, which is what you believe to be, because you're looking from down low, but when you get up high, there is no curvature. That's an experiment, or and that's pretty Actually, so fight the flat earth. I'm going to let you have uh, answer him and do your final uh, thought on the subject, and then Iron Horse, it'll be yours, and then we're going to the Q&A. So um, Ross is ge geometrically inept, doesn't understand how shapes work quite, quite clearly. Um, but uh, the... The fact that there, there is the, the fact that there is no evidence of the Earth being flat, he couldn't provide me with any citations for anything that, that, that he was saying. Uh, and my final point about this is going to be just debunking his nonsense about water being flat and level with one word: tides. If there is tides, then the oceans are not flat. End of story. <laughs> wow. Well, Craig, you really. And then Iron Horse, your last I, 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 statement, I, 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 and then we'll go to Q and A. Right, yeah, I was trying to start, but Craig just really bit off way more than he could chew there by mentioning tides, because what a furphy that is. Tides are just merely water finding its own level, and they are being diametrically, uh, diamagnetically it's opposed. the opposite of finding its level. Hey, don't talk over me, Craig. This is my chance, you big wally. It's literally the opposite of what you're saying. No, it's not. I've done plenty of experiments with the tides, and I've made plenty of observations of the moon. I know exactly how it works. And as I was saying, with the Julian video, I have got video evidence showing exactly how it is convergence and not curvature and that the water is flat and level. And that if you believe that it's curvature, then you are mentally challenged and you have serious cognitive problems. You don't understand a single thing about perspective. We can see that always whatever is beneath us ramps up to eye level. Everything that's above us ramps downwards to our level, and we can't see through what's beneath us. So that creates a convergence point that obscures taller things further beyond that, which is why the bottom gets cut off. And it's such a simple concept that you base your entire proof for evidence of a globe on something as ridiculous as a lack of understanding of how perspective and convergence works. You absolute moron. Tides are only possible on a flat and stationary Earth. How can you have big, bulbous curves of water thousands of miles high between continents and still have a couple of metres of tides either side of it. That is most How to say I don't understand tides without saying I don't understand tides. We've got two tides per day, two high and two low, and you got one moon. Matching the globe prediction, yes. Impossible. Absolutely impossible yeah. to work on a globe. Oh, again, more, more argument, absolutely impossible. More argument from incredulity from you, Ross. The tides that we have match the globe predictions, and once again, tides debunk water being flat. Ah, ah, ah. Tides debunk water being flat. If there are tides, water is not flat. End of story. It's showing the change of water level. 
Not water curve. Uh, oh, water uh, 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 tight also debunk water always finding its level. No, they don't. They're showing water finding yes, they its do. level from one side to the next because yeah. the moon diamagnetically opposes them and pushes them forth. And so then when it hits a continent, they want to go back again. And, and so on that note, I'm going to actually, uh, we'll, I'll let you both have opening sta- or closing statements at the end of the Q&A and also send out channels. But I do uh, hope you enjoyed and we are now moving into our Q&A section. This is the chance for you to send your burning desire questions to either or both of our debaters. Super Chats will get your question sent to the front of the line. However, we'll try to get as many questions in as possible by tagging me in chat at Amy Newman. Please don't forget to like and subscribe, though I do want to thank both of our interlocutors, Fight the Flat Earth and Iron Horse, and to remind you that all of their channel links are in the description below if you're looking for more fun after the show we'll be having an after party on the mdd discord but with that let's get to the fun for 4.99 stefan um, steen asks, amy just yeah. i just need to quickly go and use the toilet okay i'll be back in two oh, minutes perfectly understandable oh then i'm gonna we'll switch questions for a second <laughs> Let's see. Da 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 da. Nightwolf972 for $5 asks If the Earth is flat, why isn't Disney offering trips to see the ice wall? The merchandising from the Frozen Sisters alone would cover the cost. Uh, yes, well, I think we've exposed us a great deal amount of of Disney lately and know how they're all part of the huge scam. They were involved with NASA from the beginning. They were involved with Werner von Braun. So, yeah, I'm surprised that there isn't a bit more uh, indoctrination and dogma coming from them actually to try and support their globe. Uh, We've seen their magic Disney curve that they show all the time about the rockets going up and over. They come back down. Nothing goes into space. Uh, So why would Disney send people out to freeze their nuts off in a most hostile environment? You can spend, you know, 20,000 bucks to go on a little cruise to some of the outer islands and maybe look at some of the ice wall, some of the outer peninsulas, but, <laughs> you know, get get to grips with reality. Antarctica is massive. It's the f- most frozen place on Earth. It reaches a top temperature in summer of about zero. It's very hostile to living there. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not what I'd call a trip to Disneyland. Disneyland. Woohoo! Thank you so very much. Got another super chat coming in from Nightwolf. Asks for $5. If the Earth is flat, how come people from Australia cannot see the star constellation Big Dipper like the people in North America can? Uh, because the Earth is flat. And because the Earth is really, really big, that means that um, we can only see so far. You know, if you, if you look at the, if you stand at the base of a tall building and you look all the way back up with your head and look at the top floor, you can barely make up the top, out the top floor because of the way convergence works and basically smashes all the, the top floors into a singularity. But the further away you walk, not only can you see more of them, but you can see individual floors much more clearer. But as you get further and further away, that top floor gets lower and lower and lower to your point of view. Well, the stars are no different. The further away you get from them, the lower they get until eventually you reach a point 
where the horizon, the convergence point rising up to eye level, will make them disappear altogether. Now, the fact that we can see Polaris for as far as we can, all the way to the equator, shows that the stars are reasonably quite high because the higher you are, the further you can see. So to think that we could see the Big Dipper from Australia, now I'm assuming the Big Dipper is a different constellation. I think it's the Big Bear or something too over there. Um, we see Orion, Orion's belt. But from our perspective as Australians, I grew up always thinking that Orion was called the Big Dipper, but apparently it's a different constellation altogether. So the reason we can't see the same stars is because they're too far away. The Earth is really, really big and the stars aren't really that high. They're quite high, but not high enough to be able to see them forever. And the equator is the cutoff point of Polaris. So you get a bit further south outside of the equator, then the Big Dipper will also vanish from view. Thank you so very much. And for $5 from Stephanie Steen, Stephen Steen, uh, all flat, uh, fight the flat earth has is his religion. Howard, on the other hand, well, I got, uh, Iron, on the other hand, I assume, using science, logic, and reason, get him Howard, I guess, slash get him Iron. Oh. All right. Well, uh, Craig can go first if he likes, if he wants to defend himself. I must because... have missed the science that, um, that, that, that Ross brought because I didn't, I didn't see any science at all. Um, I'm the one that presented the scientific papers. I'm the one that presented the scientific evidence. I'm the one that presented all the evidence. Ross presented no science, talked about no science, and was just incredulous the entire time. So I, I, I'm not sure what that person is smoking, but can I please have some? <laughs> Well, see, it's pretty typical of the person who believes that their cult is the correct one, that they believe that they're talking science. And that's how religion has always worked. They always believe that their particular belief is the highest of modern science. There's one day we're going to look back at this and going to look at Craig saying, can you really believe we used to live on a spinning space, ball hurtling through space? How incredible is that, that he actually takes this very seriously, which shows that you're a part of a religious cult. And all I have got so, is fact, uh, based fight the fact, not that debunk, every single thing that you've brought. You've just got belief, but no evidence. Since it was coming so, for you, uh, so to speak, I'll let you have the final statement. Yeah, um, stop putting your religious cult needs on me. Um, the, th the reason why I don't have a religion is because I'm willing to change my mind. Science will always update its ideas when new evidence comes along. Religion never will. You are the one with religion. You are the one that's in a cult. I am not. I will change my position if new evidence comes along. Therefore, I do not have a religion. Don't lie. And that's a great transitionary statement. I'll, I'll let you both actually answer. $2 from Joe Schwartz for both. What will it take to change your mind? Well, for me, I did change my mind because I started as a globe tired like Craig, but I did change my mind. Now, Craig says he is capable of changing his mind when new evidence comes to light, but he isn't. He is fighting vehemently to defend his belief that he grew up with as a child, whereas I grew Don't up with the same belief, but I changed. So I'm the one showing that I can follow the scientific method. You're the one showing that you're a cult <laughs> member who is unwilling to change his <laughs> beliefs despite all the evidence. Uh Incorrect. So you change your mind because you're thick as fuck, basically, and you don't understand anything. You have never done any science in your life. You don't understand what science is. I bet you couldn't even tell me what the five basic steps of the scientific method are, could you? I don't have to because that's not necessarily. Oh, no, no, hold on. You do. You absolutely do because you just told me that what you do is based on the scientific method. So that means that you must know what 
the basic five steps of the scientific method are. Your claim, you just told me that um, you know you do everything based on the scientific method. So tell me, Ross, what's step one of the scientific method? Step one is making the observation. What's step two of the scientific method? Is then finding an explanation for what to describe why that... Incorrect. Step two of the scientific method is form a hypothesis. Yeah, coming up with a step, hypothesis. What is step three of the scientific method, Ross? Testing that hypothesis. Incorrect. What is step three of the scientific method, Ross? It's testing that hypothesis. And Incorrect. Step three is making a prediction. What's step four of the scientific method, Ross? The prediction is the hypothesis. No, it's not. Hypothesis and predictions are different things. What is step four of the scientific method, Ross? Mm. Well, you're telling the story now, aren't you? Because I believe a prediction is... Well, no, I, uh, this is um, Sir Francis Richard Bacon, the one who came up with the scientific method. I'm following oh, what he yeah. says. So step one, observation. Step two, form a hypothesis. Step three, from the hypothesis, make a prediction. What is step four of the scientific method, Ross? Well, obviously it's to test it, isn't it? And try to disprove it. it. Experiment, yes. And then what's step five of the scientific method, Ross? Is make a conclusion. Analyze your results. Now, the fact that I had to talk you through that and explain to you what it was shows that you haven't the slightest clue what the scientific method actually is. Oh, that's not Stop true at all, telling okay. lies. That's not true at all, Craig. What I do... Oh, I it is true. World, I go into the real world and make real observations, whereas you're just sitting in a classroom, learning from books, learning from a Sir Francis Bacon from centuries ago. There's probably even William Shakespeare for all we know. You're learning I've seen more of the world than you. Scientism. Whereas if I go out into the real world and I make observations, I don't have to sit through going through five steps. I can make an observation. I can make oh, so a, you don't you don't follow the scientific I, method. I can test it. Well, it is a scientific so, method. So you, no, 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 it's not. It's not. You're make, you're changing the scientific method. You're I making There's no fixed scientific method. We've come a long way in 200 years, mate. We've come a really long way. Yeah. We can use so, a But method. if you want to actually do the basic well, version of the scientific method, well, you have to. You have to make an observation, hypothesis, prediction, test, analyze. You have to yeah. do those things. And okay. you didn't even know what the steps of the scientific method are. Therefore, you have never, ever, ever done science in your life. Stop telling lies. Iron, I'll let you have the last statement, but then we're moving on. Just because I don't use your religiously indoctrinated cult method doesn't mean I'm not doing science. If I'm making observations and I'm testing it and I'm trying to disprove them, then that is still science. I don't have to use your formula from hundreds of years ago. If we watch something... So you're doing pseudoscience then? Cool. You like pseudoscience. That's cool. You're falling straight down and it's not moving sideways. So, right. because, uh, cool. Ross, Ross, we, we understand you love pseudoscience. It's all right. You don't need to keep going on. And so I'm actually going to use the restroom really quickly myself. But $2 super chat from Wits It Gets It. Can abstractions have physical properties for both? Oh, he's talking about space-time. Yes, space-time has a physical property that is affected by mass. This has been experimentally demonstrated many, 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 many times. Wits, if you want to talk to me, stop being a little coward and debate me yourself. Well, obviously, an abstraction cannot have real properties. You're talking about space and time. Like Space is the non-existence of stuff. Time is a man-made concept, which is just basically measuring a, a, a piece of empty space of time between an occurrence happening and the result happening. So there is no such thing as either space or time. And to try and then say, my high priests have done many, 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 many experiments to prove that it's real. 
it's also showing this how deeply indoctrinated you are in your cult belief. Lovely bunch of nonsense there, Ross. Lovely bunch of nonsense. You didn't even try to speak over no. me for once. You, you, you have proven, you, you literally told everyone how you like pseudoscience. You literally told everyone how you don't care about science, you do pseudoscience. No, I just said that all scientific endeavours are still scientific, whether or not they follow your particular five steps from hundreds of years Incorrect. ago. Incorrect. Um, so pseudoscience is described as something which does not follow the scientific method. You are not following the scientific <laughs> method. Therefore, you are practicing pseudoscience. Well, I've never heard of anybody in astrotheology or astro, what's it called? Astrophysics saying that they actually use the scientific method. In fact, they say anything but that Michio Kakura's are well known for saying that they don't use the scientific method when it comes to cosmology and that they're out by a factor of 10 to about 120. I uh, don't think you understand what any of that means, but um, it's all right, Ross. You, you've described how you like pseudoscience, so that's what we understand from now on. Ross bases his worldview on pseudoscience. It's cool. And so, Iron, I'll let you have the last statement, and then I have a question for Fight the Flat Earth. Yeah, he's just proven that he believes in scientism, whereas real science is actually going out and doing real experiments. You can call it pseudoscience, so that doesn't make it pseudoscientific if you're still following the same principles of making the observations, <laughs> testing it, trying to disprove it and coming to a conclusion that it works and it works better than any other explanation. That's real science, whether you like it or not. Thank you, uh, I mean, Meyer. So Thank you're changing you, what science is, that's fine. You wanna, you wanna lie about science and change what science is. That, that's cool, but it doesn't mean that you're right. Speaking of lying, $2 super chat from Wits It Gets It. So NASA is the only government agency that doesn't lie? <laughs> Uh, it's irrelevant to this conversation. Um, <laughs> all right, $2 super chat from Wits It Gets It. Horizon's movement proves that it's not physical, pal. Incorrect. Refraction will change the apparent position of the horizon, but you cannot have an apparent position without a physical horizon. Um, unfortunately, Wits It, you debunked your own nonsense quite you know by saying that uh you know light has to bend on a globe earth so <laughs> therefore right, you know we can't do celestial navigation and uh, unfortunately it doesn't change the fact that light has to go through a medium and refraction is a thing but you cannot have an apparent horizon without a physical horizon refraction will change where the apparent horizon is and we understand how refraction works. It's been quantified. I would cite the work of uh, Andrew Thomas Young, the world's leading expert on refraction. And you can go to his website and check everything where they've quite clearly set out exactly what refraction does. So just to, to clearly answer your question, Witset, um, the horizon is a physical thing. What we see is the apparent position of it due to refraction. What a load Thank of you. And Can I answer that, please, Andy? Sure, you can, but no, then I just have to let him have the final statement on it. No worries. He, he just said it's a physical thing, which is absolutely more bizarreness. It's just like every globe, they appeal to this thing called refraction. They appeal to that almost as much as they appeal to gravity for as the filling God of the gaps for everything they can't really explain. Saying refraction isn't real. It's um, The horizon is not physical at all. 
It is an optical yes, is. illusion created by the height of the observer and how far they can see from that particular height. And it will increase and get further and further away the higher the viewer gets. So it's not a physical thing. You it's an optical thing. Glue. It's an optical thing and it only works on a flat surface. The globe no, would just be the globe. globe would be a physical curvature which you cannot see over simply by getting higher, which is also going backwards at the same time. It, it's you yeah. wouldn't see further. And then fight the flat earth, you are the final say. Yeah, I just got I just got a question from I just got a question from Witsit. How was jail? Oh Sending love, Witsit gets it, has another $5 super chat. If it's the actual physical position of the curvature of the Earth, then why does it constantly move around optically? Is the Refraction. Earth breathing in and out? Refraction. Refraction is something that is quantified. We know what refraction does. If light goes through a medium, that light is refracted. We have a medium all around us. This is a medium. Light goes through it, it gets refracted. I mean, I can't say that, again, um, maybe your time in jail, like, you know, you didn't get to study or something, but um, you not understanding refraction doesn't stop refraction being a thing. Two dollars. Oh, finger in the chat says, "Why does why does Witsit just not debate FTFE?" The simple answer for that, Dave Langer, is because Witsit's terrified to debate me. Just take over. The Brad. gloves are being dropped tonight. <laughs> and a two dollar super chat. Witsit gets it again. Fight the flat Earth. Why does flat Earth make you so mad? Because it's not okay <laughs> to say the Earth is flat. It flies in the face of everything that makes sense in the world. Um, it is a plague on humanity. It is an insult to everyone throughout history that has spent their lives studying and figuring out the world that we are part of. It is ignoring all of science. It is ignoring all of reality. It is indoctrinating people into a way of thinking that makes you think that every single person in the world is lying to you. It is a dangerous way of thinking that literally kills people, i.e. Mad Mike, um, causes people like Nathan Thompson to shout at school kids where they should be safe, um, literally brainwashes people into ignoring all of science and reality. It is not okay to say the earth is flat and I will fight the stupidity of anti-science every second that I get. You sound like a real fanatically, religiously indoctrinated person who's doing everything he can to try and kill the infidels. Kill the infidels. How dare they speak up? I'm trying to kill stupidity. Mind. I'm trying to kill stupidity because, remember, stupidity <laughs> is not a right. No, that, that's your opinion, Craig. It's going to, in the test no, no, no. of time... No, stupidity is not a right. That's a fact. Stupidity is 100% yours. You're defending a dead argument. The globe has been dead and buried for over half a decade and... Well, incorrect. The globe is definitely not dead and buried. It's a real thing. Absolutely dead um, and buried. So fight the flat earth. A ghost. We'll have the final statement, but then uh, Aussie or Iron, I got one for you as well. Cool. Uh, sorry, uh, I think I answered the question. There you um, go. Flat earth is dangerous. Flat earth is stupid. Flat earth kills people. End of story. All right, and then a $5 super chat from Connell X Silverfur. Uh, Iron, if we did not go to the moon, how did we leave retro reflectors there, the same reflectors utilized in thousands of lunar-ranging experiments? 
Uh, yeah, well, that's a lovely assumption that we actually did. I've even got a lovely picture of Werner von Braun standing next to the retroflector in his suit and tie with the lunar lander behind him. It was all done in the studio. They were sending lasers to the moon back in the 50s, long before they ever went to the moon. You don't need a retro reflector. I mean, how ridiculous is that? A retro reflector is basically going to turn your laser into prisms anyway, unless it's a perfect mirror. It's <laughs> ridiculous thing to try and prove that we've been to the moon by assuming we've got a retro reflector up there. Oh, that was the best plan life I've seen in a while, Craig. It suits you. We shouldn't take a screenshot of that one. $2 super chat oh, from Wits It Gets It. If it's just space time, what AB zero point energy? What about zero point energy, maybe? What about zero point energy? It's relevant to this conversation. I think he's talking about vacuum energy, but uh, again, that's relevant to this conversation. So, All right. Thank well, yeah, you. Vacuum, I think it should be quite relevant. Final point? I mean, it's, li it's literally irrelevant to the, the shape of the Earth and space. Two dollars. Well, no, if we're in space, we have to be in a vacuum. It's essential. Space is essential. Isn't a vacuum. That's not a vacuum now. Space has never been a vacuum. It's a low pressure area. Low pressure. Okay. So we can breathe in space. No, it's low pressure. We can't breathe in it. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Two dollars super right, well, chat. Ross, hold on one, one, no, one second. Absolutely. Ross, is, is, is there stuff in space? According to the heliocentric model, is there stuff in space? No, like planets, no, suns, no. and galaxies. Well, allegedly, that's what they believe those lights. Right, okay, well, if according to the heliocentric model, there are things in space like suns and galaxies and planets, then space isn't a vacuum because there's stuff in it. Okay, I'll agree with that. If that's what your belief is, that it can't be a vacuum. So that, that all the ideas of the heliocentric model get thrown out the door. No, no, no one's ever said that space is a vacuum. It's a near vacuum. It's a that's very low pressure area. They've always said it's a vacuum. No, no they've said it's a near vacuum. They've always said it's a near vacuum. They have never, ever said that space is a perfect vacuum, ever. Well, that's fair enough, but they still know that it's a very, very low pressure, like about negative 17 tor or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, yeah, that's not a vacuum. That's, that's a near vacuum. If we say a balloon blow up inside a vacuum chamber, then surely these men on the moon in their spacesuits should have blown up like the Michelin man as well. Except the spacesuits were designed to not do that. Ah, of course. And they could yes. take pictures yeah. on their chest. Thousands yeah, because thousands they have a camera. $2 super chat from whence it gets it. What exactly is dark matter and dark energy? Who knows? <laughs> you can see the effects of them. Again, irrelevant to this conversation. There's <laughs> not pseudoscience. We can see the effects of them. You have a necessity that you have to have in order for your other bullshit beliefs to actually work. It's complete pseudoscience. Again, we can yes, see the effect. Again, uh, uh, hold on. We can see the effect of dark matter and dark energy. We don't really know what it is. It's a non-baryonic uh, you know, matter of some kind. We have no idea exactly what it is. Or what the properties is. But we can see the effects of it, according to science, not pseudoscience. We all know, Ross, we've clarified here that you're the one that likes pseudoscience. You know what, guys, and it had to invent gravity to make the globe possible in the first place. And then because you invented this force of attraction of mass, you've then had to then invent even greater things to prevent that gravity 
making everything collide into a singularity. And then you have to have another thing to stop it from separating forever. It's all pseudoscience. Whereas if you make no assumptions in the first place and just make the observation in the first place and look at what's happening and see the stars rotate as a single body around above us and that things fall because of lack of resistance in a medium of air, then you don't need gravity. You don't need dark matter and you don't need dark energy. So you can- uh, Yeah, but you do, need, you do need, you do need in your magic world, a universal down, don't you? We have a universal down. We observe that. Why? The first Why? It's the absolute first observation. Why? Of mass Why do we have a universal down? I'm trying to answer you, Craig. Why do you keep talking over me? A thing of mass needs a place of resistance. Otherwise, it will keep on dropping, displacing a lesser mass, like air is. It has no resistant uh, force. Until okay, it reaches a place of resistance, and it stops dropping. Because it's reached a place yeah, but why down? Why does, it, why does that thing go down to start with? Because it's heavy. But why down? Why, if you put something in a vacuum chamber, why does it not go up? Well, do you see the sky above your head, uh, the earth above your head? No, no, no I, it's, it's answer the question. If you put something in a vacuum chamber with an equal medium all around it, why does it go up and uh, why does it go down and not up? It doesn't have an equal medium around it. It's got a much, it's got zero medium around it. The only place it's got yeah, a medium so is e the so Exactly. So equal medium all around it, right? Of, of zero. So in that case, yeah. why does it go down and not up? Because the thing itself isn't zero. It's got density. But why down? Why down and not up? That's where dense stuff goes. That's why the dense stuff why? is beneath why? it. Why? Why? That's how the physical plane exists. Because all the why? dense stuff... Why? Why does it go down, Ross? You're just saying it does. You're not explaining why. Because it's dense. Like you, I understand. But why does it go down and, and not up? And so, Iron, we'll let you have the, the last on that, but then we're going to move forward. As we said, the very first step in science is to make the observation. Everything of mass does drop down. The why of that is because the surrounding medium lacks the resistant force to prevent it from dropping. And so the more massive thing, the thing with more mass displaces the thing of less mass because it doesn't have enough resistance until reaching a place of sufficient resistance to stop it. There's no why down. Yours is actually yeah, is. why up. Or sideways because on the ball everything is clinging towards the center of the earth so your my ask, argument to you is why up why sideways well you be know, because you asked the question i do have to hand it back over to fight the flat earth but then once you're done we got another super chat for both you guys things go down on earth because of gravity an empirical observable testable part of Observable, testable. Appeal to authority. Heracle. Uh, oh, sorry, how is the fact that gravity is you know, something that is experimentally verified appealing to authority? Because we've never seen anything falling sideways towards the side of the Earth. We've never seen anything falling upwards towards the bottom of the Earth. We just assume that these people are on a ball. But everybody knows they're upright on the surface and everything goes a universal yeah, down. So uh, how to say I don't know what up and down is without saying I don't know what up and down is? I know what up and down is. You're, you're no, you don't. You haven't a clue what up and down is. Up and down. You say there is no up and down. There's just in and out, which is ridiculous. Everything no, you, you just straw man. You just absolutely straw man me. Um, is that all you've got? Fallacies, incredulity, uh, straw man. Is that all you've got? No. Up and down. Up and down. There is an up and down on Earth. Up is away from the surface of Earth. Down is towards the surface of Earth. That's what I just Simple. said. That's what I just said. And you. Said well, I'm therefore, I have an up and down, and I have a reason for my up and down. You don't. 
I do. I have an absolute reason for mine because humidity well, and, and lack of resistance beneath something, it will go down. And guys, we're going to go for another $2 Wits It Gets It Super Chat. Can Hi, it. nothing exist? Can nothing exist? Well, I've seen inside your head, so probably. <laughs> Actually, no, it can't. Because if it existed, then it would exist and it wouldn't be nothing. So nothing can yeah, it's, exist. It's, 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 a weird, it's a weird question. Um, <laughs> can nothing exist? Well, if it, if it exists, like, like Ross said, I'll agree with you, Ross. You're right. If it exists, then it can't be nothing. Um, I think the closest we can get to nothing is what's inside Wix's head. So Inside your head, I believe. <laughs> it's getting spicy. Thank you guys for your super chat. $2 from Mr. Monster. Ocean currents disprove flat earth. How the hell would an ocean current disprove a flat earth? Ocean currents are completely possible on a flat earth. They, di they disprove a globe because you can't have currents on a bulge of water. You can't even have a bulge of water. So that alone debunks the globe because 70% of it is supposed to be bulges. But currents are completely normal, completely expected. You've got water flowing down from land to sea level all the time. You've got temperatures happening. You've got the sun moving around above us, creating different heat and different evaporation effects and creating all the weather. Currents are completely normal and perfectly plausible. In fact, if you look at them on the AE map, all the cycles of ocean currents and air currents and everything make perfect sense. You put them on the globe and they start doing all this really weird looking shit that makes no sense. It's perfect sense on the flat earth. In fact, it's only sensible on the flat earth. In reverse world, maybe, you know. $2 super chat from Beetle Tuba. Craig, get a vid of the speed of light in slow-mo. <laughs> a bit of the speed of light in slow-mo well even if you were to uh you know do like a million frames a second you probably still wouldn't really be able to see light traveling um but there there is methods of being able to um see the difference in in, in laser wavelengths when they're interacting with each other which can help us determine the speed of light um it's kind of pretty it's doesn't that kind of suggest it's instantaneous no, not at all, because there's wavelengths interacting with each other. Uh, and in fact, a fiber optic gyroscope disproves your um, light being instantaneous thing. So I'll tell Mickerson and Morley that they tried doing that interferometer experiment. Yeah, Mickerson and Morley totally disproved the fire. They got a nil result. Yeah, they didn't detect anything. Correct. Five dollars yeah, super stuff. chat from Victor Holock. Love you, Craig. Do you see some value in the flat earth community in that people come through it and the round earth belief is more robust? Um, okay, so I, I don't describe it as a belief. This is something that I, I push quite hard for me. Um, I know it's a philosophical uh, you know, argument to say that we have beliefs, but I don't base my position on beliefs. I base it on <laughs> evidence, facts, and logic. Beliefs are completely irrelevant to me. Um, I think beliefs are a little childish, really. But um, the only the only good thing I see about the Flat Earth community is that, well, there's a couple of things, really. One, I get to parade the stupid on the Internet for everybody to see. And two, it gives the opportunity to actually teach real physics to people. You can take the misunderstandings and stupidity of Flat Earthers 
and use it as a, a springboard to actually explain real science to people. Um, so the, 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 the good thing about Flat Earth is that there's so much stupid there, you can use it to teach people how not to be stupid. But Craig, nearly everything that you've said, you've depended upon beliefs of something that other people oh. have done that you've admitted you haven't done yourself. And that becomes a belief. I've done many experiments myself. Beliefs are beliefs. Uh, just, be, just because I don't do an experiment myself doesn't mean it's belief. It's been verified. There's scientific papers to back it up. And I can do a lot of things myself. I've done many experiments myself. I've measured gravity. Yeah. I have measured the rotation of the Earth. I have tested yeah, the globe yeah. measurements. No, you haven't. You're yes, lying. I have. No, I'm not. I've, I've literally measured gravity. And I've literally measured the rotation of the Earth. I can wrap a line of batteries across my desk and shine a lamp on them and by measuring the length of the shadows and the angles of them, I can then determine just how spherical my flat desk is because that's what mathematics does. It can prove anything it wants to do. How to say I don't understand the Eratosthenes experiment without saying I don't understand the Eratosthenes experiment? I understand the Eratosthenes experiment and it no, works perfectly well for the flat earth with a nearby local sun just Incorrect. as it does. So I can add, more than, add more than two data points and it does not work on the flat earth. It does. Why wouldn't it? No, uh, because it gives you conflicting positions for the sun. And how many points did Eratosthenes use again? And iron, that was Eratosth the question. Eratosthenes and is going to be uh, fight the flat earth's yeah. question. So it'll be your final point. Eratosthenes used two. However, there has been many, many, many more experiments done with many, many, many more data points. For instance, Slice Marquain did it with 27 data points across the world. Um, uh, there is a couple of other YouTubers that I work with, including MC Toon. Um, that have done their own Eratosthenes experiments and measured the angles of light from several points around the world. You add more than two data points, it destroys the flat Earth. And uh, for $5, Jake the Surgeon, can you tell the hey, difference between the skeletons of a lion and a tiger just by looking at them, Mr. Equine? Equine? Mr. Horace? That that's to you, Mister. Oh, I thought you said a queen. So I thought it was to Craig. I thought, yeah, queen. Equine, equine, as in horses. Ah, equus, equus is the word you're looking for. Equus, equus. Um, no, I can't because I'm not really a taxidermist. I could probably get a few clues by the size of the skull and maybe shape of some of the teeth or something, I guess. But um, yeah, that that would be something I'd have to be put down and shown two different ones to even attempt to say whether I could or couldn't. Never happened. $5 super chat for JT6 Mania. Grab a plate, fill it with water, and tilt it. The water will go up and down on both sides, but it is still flat. Fight the Craig stupidity. You lost another one. Okay, so if the water is going up at the sides, then it's not flat, is it? Like, yes. literally, if you tilt it, there's going to be a curve to the water. Therefore, the water isn't flat. No, no, the plate itself is tilted, but the water stays flat. It just makes oh, it right. look... Oh, right, hold on. So is he claiming that tides are caused by the earth tilting? Like the flat earth no, tilting? No, no, no. no. Tides, tides are literally a bulge of water. Yeah. Which means the water, I'm talking, Ross, hold on. Tides are literally a bulge of water, which means oh, that it, the it. oceans are not flat. They're not a bulge I mean, of water. They're a gradual... Tides literally are a bulge of water. Of the water level. 
takes six hours from a high tide to a low tide. It's a gradual rise and fall, which is yeah, not attributed to any tilt. You know, even it's, regardless it's, of what the cause the gradual rise and fall of the water level. There's never a bulge, ever a bulge. So why do you keep saying it's a bulge? That's bullshit. Water doesn't. Tides, tides are literally a bulge. No, they're not. That's ridiculous. Tides are literally a bulge of water moving towards the shore. No, they're a gradual yes. rise and fall. A gradual rise and fall and of the water. So fight, fight the and, flat Earth. It's going to be your other, last other statement. Side. So the other side, it, you know, one side is risen, yet the other side is lower, right? Therefore, the water is not flat. End of story. And then, Iron, I got a question for you. Wouldn't it be pretty compelling evidence for Flat Earth to actually film a group trying to get to the ice wall and be returned back? Not at all. Back. Anybody can go to Antarctica. That's been done many, many times. It proves nothing. Antarctica has really got very little to do with flat Earth. It's it's probably, I don't know, it's the one that the Globers keep asking the most because they still think that we're in outer space. And so they, they assume then that we must have an edge and why isn't the water flowing over the edge? Oh, it's got this ice wall. We know that Antarctica is an ice wall. We know it's impenetrable. We know it's freezing cold. We know it's got some of the highest mountains in the world that would be ridiculous to assume anybody in their right mind would even want to try and cross. So this whole concept of going to Antarctica and expecting the flat earthers to do it, we're not the ones concerned with the edge. We're the ones that know that the earth is flat because we know how water level works. I think it should be a group of globers who go and try and disprove it by saying, no, we found Antarctica, we headed south and we kept on going south and we didn't stop until we got back to the other side and went from Buenos Aires back up to Perth. It's never been done. done no, it's, several never times. it's been done several times. Um, Pan, no, Pan Air did it in, in this... In, wait, hold on. You're lying, right? Pan Air did it in the 80s. Um, One More Orbit, the group did it uh, and live-streamed the entire thing. Literally live-streamed the entire thing, flying over Antarctica, going all the way around. Um, so it's been done many, many times to say it hasn't is just a lie. And in fact, the three yearly race uh, around Antarctica disproves everything that you're saying. I'll let you have the last word, Iron, then we're moving to another question. Yeah, now Craig is absolutely lying here. There's nobody who's ever set off from any destination in the Southern Hemisphere, set their controls on due south and locked them in position and kept on going. We know that you can cross a few peninsulas and the Antarctic um, cup that they call it the yacht race they just continent hop around <coughs> from australia to south america to or to africa to south america they're not going they barely touch they, they literally go around antarctica so uh, you can lie all you like it doesn't change the facts that uh, you're lying at the tip it literally goes all the way around antarctica stop lying i've got the last say mate they literally but go stop, i'm not gonna let you just lie stop lying one spot at the bottom of south america stop because lying. i've seen the room We've seen the route. We see the route they take. Yeah, the route and goes around is, Antarctica, doesn't it? Hop around the southern continents. Around Antarctica, yeah, exactly around Antarctica. And also, again, one more orbit and Pan Air both debunk you. They did, they did exactly what you're saying wasn't done. You, you are a liar. One more single sentence, Iron, and then I'm going to give a question to fight the flat earth. Yeah, no, Craig should just shut up. You, you know, I had my final say, and he got no retribution to that. He should have just shut well, up. I'm just not going to let you lie, really, so, you know. And then a the question for Fight the Flat Earth from GT6 uh, Media for $10.
How does a helium balloon leave the surface of the Earth, where gravity is the strongest, and stops at higher altitudes where gravity is the weakest? Um, because there, it, it's to do with uh, buoyancy, which is a result of gravity. Um, it's very, very simple. So the helium balloon is has less mass, less density than the air around it. Uh, if density, you've got more density. mass, if you've got more mass, more density, then there's a stronger gravitational force. So the air around the balloon is literally pulled down with more force than, than the actual balloon is, which creates a force in the opposite direction. This is the buoyant force. You can calculate exactly what the buoyant force is with FB equals rho VG, um, rho being the uh, matter medium displaced, um, V being uh, the volume and uh, you know G being gravity. Uh, but the reason why it stops when it goes up really, really high is because the air up there is less dense. There's less mass to it, which means that when you get up higher, there's less force pulling that air down compared to the balloon until they get to an equilibrium and the helium balloon will sit there. Matching, and this is a very important point, matching the predictions of gravity. That is exactly what we expect to happen if gravity is acting on stuff. With yeah, but we would just use Occam's right. I'm, I'm still talking. Um, exactly what we expect if gravity is acting on stuff with a force proportional to the mass of the two objects and inversely proportional to the square of the distance. What you are saying about helium balloon is what we expect gravity to do. And then I have a question $2 super chat for you, Iron, from Alison. How are two celestial poles possible on a flat Earth? Uh, well, the evidence for two celestial poles is pretty sketchy at the best. We know that there's a, a North Pole. Oh, we know that there's a star Polaris. Be quiet, Quag. Hold yourself. There's, um, we watch the stars <laughs> going around Polaris, and as we get further and further away from it to the point where Polaris disappears from view, which is the place we call the equator, it's the equidistant point away from it because everything appears to get lower of distance, is that we ourselves, the viewer, start turning our back to it to look at the stars from a different way. So they're still going from east to west, in a massive circle going around Polaris, let's just say appear to be going in opposite direction. And all the evidence I've ever seen of star trails uh, going around the southern celestial pole, they all seem to be faked. You can see how they've taken a short time uh, time lapse video, and often you'll see a, like a satellite or a shooting star or something making a line in it, and all of a sudden you see that same thing stitched a bit further around and a bit further around and a bit further around. It's the same thing over and over, trying to create the illusion of making the same sort of thing that we see. But we can see perfect circles going around Polaris if you leave the time lapse open for long enough. You never, ever get that around the southern celestial pole. And even the star itself is invisible, the one they call octans. You can't even see it. So all the estimates are done off the Southern Cross. And I watch the Southern Cross all the time. I see it slightly east of south when, I first, when it first appears in the night sky. And then by the morning, when the sky starts to fade, it's far into the west. And that's exactly what you'd expect when all the stars are moving as a single body going around Polaris. You've just turned around and looked the opposite way. That's all. $5 super chat from Stephen Martin. Given that we use light digital, uh, given that we use light digital for communication, digital light for communication, why do we have more latency the further countries are apart? I'll say it again, just reading it. Not sure how given that we use light digital for communication, why do we have more latency the further countries are apart? 
I'm assuming he's talking about fiber optic cables, and that's exactly how we do communicate is through fiber optic cables, which go all across the ocean floors between all the continents. And so because these things are a physical manifestation, a man-made thing, that whatever information is in those cables, it still does have to actually travel. It doesn't mean that that stuff is actually light itself. They say it's traveling at the speed of light, which is pretty fast. But uh, I think Craig said before that light is traveling at about 300,000 miles per hour. But the, uh, the Earth three, itself 300,000 kilometers per second, um, 180,000 miles per second. Kilometers per second. And yet the entire Earth is what, 40,000 kilometers around. Yeah. So it should be so going around. Light, light could travel around Earth seven and a half times in a second. Yeah, that's basically what it's saying. Yeah. But, so the, the, but the yeah, question, Ross, which I think you avoided was, as we another. use light to communicate via the internet, why is there latency for countries that are further away if your claim is that light is instantaneous? Because it's not light, it's it's bits of data. It's a different thing. Fiber optic uses light to transfer data. Yeah, but it's it's still not light, is it? It's data. No, it's, it's literally light. Fiber optic cables literally use light to transfer data. So your claim is that light is instantaneous, which means that there should never be any lag when I'm playing Call of Duty against my friends in America. However, when I'm playing against my friends in America, there is a noticeable latency compared to when I'm playing with my friends in the, in the United Kingdom, right? But and that's because light in those cables has to travel further. So you can notice a latency of seven times, going around seven times a second. So it's a seventh of a second. You actually get told what the latency is between you and other people, um, especially when playing things like Halo and Call of Duty. You've, you can bring up your latency counter to show what the, the lag between you and other people in your team is. Yeah, and no, when you are playing against people in other areas, the latency is always a lot higher. Yeah, that's more to do with all your services, servers and different distributors and all the rest. It's got nothing to do with the speed but of light. If light is instantaneous, so, light why is it? It's fine. Oh, it's we were asking him a question. So Iron, answer that question, but then I got another question for you. <coughs> yeah, I'm just saying it's not really light itself traveling. It's data going through multiple ports, multiple channels. And of course, that's how you're going to notice the lag. And that's it went from directly from A to B. You didn't see the lag. So. And another... Oh, no, you're good. Uh, $5 super chat from Norman Dixon. I navigated ships in the Navy, Ross. Why do ships in the open ocean have to make predetermined course changes to get to their destinations? Oh, that's a pretty simple one because, as we know, all navigational charts were based on this circular map made with the northern, the northern pole sitting right in the center. So, of course, if you're going east or west, then you're just going in large circles, which makes sure that then you're compass point is always pointing towards north when the other side is always pointing south so if you're going across a very large distance across the ocean it would make far more sense to work out the shortest route rather than follow the old-fashioned compass and follow a line of latitude you, you want to take the shortest route so of course as you keep moving then north you have to keep adjusting for and that's why your charts won't keep on matching because you have to keep adjusting because north is moving as you moving laterally You're mute. <laughs> oh. Woo -hoo. Uh, five dollar uh, from F three stop motion. Fight the flat earth sounds like a jagoff just shouting over the other guy. 
Ooh, the spice is real. It is. And to feel bad, Fight the Flat Earth might actually be getting a drink at the second uh, of all the times that I'm here. I am. I'm sending spice. Sending love to Fight the Flat Earth. Ah, uh, da 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 da. V Victor Hollock, $5 super chat. Iron Horse, do you agree that lying, deceiving, or misleading children is a form of violence? Maybe it's too far for this to be told to kids? I wouldn't call it a form of violence. It's a form of mental manipulation, but, you know, we all grew up with it. Now, I don't feel too pleased that I grew up with it and had to put up with being told all this bullshit either, but we all do it. Everybody grows up with some sort of things, and, you know, for, for most people throughout their generations, it was a survival thing. You know, you, most of us went to church on a Sunday. We grew up thinking that that's the right way to be. Teaches your morals and teach all this sort of stuff. And then you think you're learning stuff by going to school that you think is correct. But mostly they teach you a bunch of garbage stuff you're never going to use again. They don't teach you any real life skills. They barely teach you how to plant a seed and grow a garden. You know, we're taught a bunch of nonsense in school. And that's never really going to change until people come to their senses and say, hey, these people that have been in control of our world for this last century or so, all they care about is having a bunch of mind-controlled slaves that don't think for themselves. They don't want us thinking for themselves. They're much better off believing what they're told, trusting the authorities, obey, 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 and then you're a nice, obedient little slave. You spend your life in debt, paying off these debts, and as if that's some sort of life. I mean, is this the way we want to bring up our children? I'd say that you know, mental slavery probably is a form of abuse, but I wouldn't say that it's assault necessarily, just mental abuse. $5 super chat from Connell X Silverfur, $5. Reflectors on the moon are a fact confirmed thousands of times each year. How did they get there if we did not go to the moon, Iron Horse? Don't dodge. Yeah, no, that's just another belief, isn't it? Like, if the moon was made out of a, a molten substance in the first place, there should be plenty of places that have a bit of a mirror-like finish in the bottom of the craters, which is quite an interesting thing when we talk about craters on the moon is that they all seem to be roughly perfectly circular. They're all shallow. None of them look like uh, results of a huge impact, which would create a huge divot in the bottom. They're all flat and level with a perfectly round surface, some of them even intercrossing one another, exactly like you'd expect bubbles bursting on the surface of a liquid molten substance. So, of course, there'd be some reflective places. You don't have to put a retro reflector up there. What's a retro reflector anyway? From the 60s, I guess, is retro. But you don't need a retro reflector. As I said, they were sending lasers to the moon in the 50s. Back when they first had lasers and they were doing the same experiments they're doing today, it proves nothing. If you can get a telescope, they weren't doing the same experiments. No. I'm nearly finished, Craig. Hold horses. Uh, if you get a strong enough telescope and you zoom in on this retro reflector and you get a clear picture of it that we can prove is not CGI or made in a computer, then maybe I will accept that the moon is a physical thing that we've landed on and we left stuff up there. But we can't prove that. It's just another belief, more pseudoscience that the globe relies upon for their belief. I mean, I mean, the Chinese orbiter literally saw the things there. Um, so, and um, yeah, we have been doing laser experiments on the moon for a long time. However, uh, we were able to do it a lot more accurately with the retroreflector. So accurate, in fact, that we're able to see how much the moon is moving away from us each year by just a few millimeters. Um, so you can literally point a laser at the point on the moon where the retroreflector is and get a much stronger signal back than if you point it just to the side. 
showing that there is something there reflecting the laser. Iron, you have the last word, but then fight the flat earth. I got a question for you. How could you accurately point anything at anything if you're moving sideways at 67,000 miles an hour, the moon itself is moving 2,280 miles an hour in another direction, as the sun itself is moving half a million miles an hour, and we're supposed to be able to send a laser beam exactly to this tiny little, what, two-foot yep. squared retro reflector and have it come back to us in enough time that we haven't shut off into space a million miles away. It's just more pseudoscientific belief that actually proves... Nothing pseudoscience about that at all, possible, just your incredulity. Even if it were possible that we're on a stationary plane or Earth with the moon just hovering, wafting around above us. And $5 comment, really, from F3 Stop Motion, but he wants to know, uh, fight the flat Earth, why, why you're shouting. Um... <laughs> I get passionate talking to stupid people, I guess. Mm -hmm. Thank you, F3 Submotion. Uh, Jack the Surgeon, $2 super chat. Thank you so very much. Is a Tuatara a lizard? Is it Tua what? It is a T U A T A. R-A, a Tuatara. Is it a lizard? Tuatara. No idea. Thank Could you well so be. very much, J uh, Jake the Surgeon. And all right, moving along. $5 super chat from Jesse L. Fight the flat earth. If gravity pulls down to center mass, then a compass would point down also. No, compasses... Compasses follow the magnetic field of Earth. Um, how, however, compasses do have one side that's heavier than the other uh, to you know, keep one end up. And that's why you specifically have to have different compasses for the northern and southern hemisphere. So when you actually look at a compass, gravity is pulling part of it down because you've got to hold it flat. And then it follows the magnetic field of Earth. But a, a compass doesn't work on gravity. So. $2 super chat from Jake the Surgeon. Mr. Equine, Mr. Horse, can you divide by zero? No, you cannot. $2 super chat from Beetle Tuba, Craig. There are light slow-mo videos online. Yeah, people have been sending me um, uh, videos of those. Uh, the slow-mo people, the, um, I don't know what they're called, uh, Planet Slow-mo, uh, filming the speed of light at 10 trillion frames per second. Um, that's the slow-mo guys. I'm going to have to check that out. So uh, maybe you want to look at that as well, Ross, to see that light actually travels. And a $2 super chat from Beetletuba again. Also, Fight the Flat Earth is doing great. Flat needs evidence. Thank you. <laughs> He's doing great at repeating the, the lies of his pseudoscience masters and the high priests of scientism. Hey, Ross, we, we, hold on. We confirmed that you're the one doing pseudoscience. We confirmed that earlier. Remember? No, no, no. If, if I'm yeah, doing yeah, it, you, you do things that don't follow the scientific method, therefore it is pseudoscience. 
No, no, if I'm doing it, it's real. If you're doing belief in other people in higher authorities, I, I, no, I don't have beliefs. I have evidence and logic. And again, we confirmed earlier you were the one doing pseudoscience. Well, I no, you confirmed. Get the feeling both of you were on this two dollar super chat again from Beetletuba. Thank you. Ross is trolling you, Craig. How do you do it? Um. Patience. <laughs> I've got two young children. They've uh, prepared me for this. Although talking to my two young children is usually more of an intelligent conversation than talking to flat earthers, of course. But so you were anything, commented like, too, Iron. So. Ross, I'm yeah, the one that has to listen to your stupidity. So I'm the one that has to, you know. Well, I'm the one that has to put up with your scientism beliefs that you keep parroting. That you uh, never again, I don't have scientism beliefs. I base my position on evidence and logic. There's no evidence or logic for your beliefs. You're just quoting I, I, I presented a bunch. I presented a bunch of evidence today, and you went, and I quote, nuh-uh. You've got nothing modern and up-to-date. The only thing you've I've got, got lots, is I've got lots that is modern and up-to-date. Convex and concave lens going up high, that's all you had. That's all you had to refute it. Yeah, we've got hundreds of other videos that don't have a convex and concave lens that show the Earth is flat. Show me one. Show me one. I have asked Flat Earthers this for years. Show me one single high-altitude balloon that is not fisheye that shows the Earth to be flat. I'll give you £500 if you can and do then it. Once. Iron, you can have oh, a really? statement on that, but then uh, fight the Flat Earth. Uh, have a comment, not a question for the final uh Word. I, I could send you a link to that, Craig, for five hundred pounds, no problem. Yeah, yeah, and it has to be a non-fisheye lens, right? Yep, non-fisheye. No, not, not a three D, not a three D camera, not any kind of wide angle. It has to be a non-fisheye, low field field of view lens showing the Earth to be flat. Yep. Because yep. you know what? I have looked, and there is no such one. There is none I, that exists. The Eric Dubay published one about a month ago. $10 from Jake the Surgeon. Thank you so much for the support. You agree that you need to be more thorough with the skeletons, but assume light is instant based on superficial observation? Mr. Equine, you're not very convincing. Say that again. I, something you, to do with skeletons. You agree that you need to be more thorough with the skeletons, but assume that light is instant based on superficial observation? No, well, this thing about light being instantaneous has actually come from like years and years of listening to people who actually are authorities in the matter. Like I can't specifically quote somebody at the, at the moment, but I just know for a fact that it's been said enough times and I've made enough observations that that is the fact. We're not looking at millions of years in the past every time we look at the night sky. Now, if I looked at a couple of skeletons, well, yeah, I could take some forensics to that and I could probably tell you the difference if it really came down to it, but it's not something that I've ever had to experience before. So it's, a, it's another furphy of somebody trying to look at something completely unrelated to something where you know, we know that light exists. And in fact, light doesn't even exist except we've got photoreceptors in our eyes, which our brain light can interpret exist. and make it light. No, it doesn't. It's like a tree falling in the forest. It doesn't make a sound if no one's there to hear it. If there's nobody there to observe light, then light doesn't exist. Sorry. It depends upon the three-way observation. Three observation between the person who observes it, the, the thing that creates it, and the medium in between where it occurs in. But without Ross, the observer, light does not exist. And so I do How are we talking say... right now if light doesn't exist? 
There's plenty of observers. Uh, so we have about five more minutes until I'm going to close off Super Chats. And so if you want your Super Chat to be read, make sure you get it within the next five minutes. But I do want to thank both of our interlocutors for joining us tonight. $5 from Tuba Flat, do you have any research? Where aside from living have you found your information, research papers, show us something like Fight the Flat Earth did? Well, yeah, I, I recently saved another. Like every time I come across a, a really good uh, documentary that adds more and more evidence to my um my side of belief or or understanding of the nature of reality, is I'll add it to my playlist. I've got quite a lot of playlists on my channel. The one I usually add all my new ones to is called Heliocentrism Busted, and the latest one says forty four documents provided by NASA and the government clearly state the earth oh. is flat and non-rotating 44 of them official not NASA one of them NASA. not a single one of those says the earth is flat and non-rotating not a single one in clear black and white writing uh, on i guarantee you right now you will not be able to find me anything that says the earth is flat in them they make assumptions uh, yeah, again, they make assumptions from modeling, right? None of them say the Earth is flat. They make assumptions from modeling, right? And let's talk about one particular paper, which is talking about um, a rigid aircraft of constant mass traveling over a flat plane. Um, well, let's talk about the things that don't exist in that, shall we? Rigid aircraft of constant mass. That doesn't exist. It also talks about atmosphere with no wind. That doesn't exist. No, rigid aircraft do not exist. It's about rigid aircraft flying above a stationary flat earth. Yeah, yeah. and rigid aircraft do not exist. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> neither, do, neither do aircraft of constant mass. What, they were made out of elastic, are they? And a different mass. Have you ever seen the wing? Have you ever seen how much the wings on a plane can move? So what? So aircraft are not rigid. Have you been in a plane and you felt it going, ooh, 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 wobbly, wobbly, wobbly? No, of course not. That's called turbulence. Yeah, aircraft are not rigid, Ross. This is a fact. Uh, An iron last statement. Really no question, though, statement. Really grasping at straws. There we go. Mr. E-Man for $5. Iron Horse, please explain 74 Gears' latest challenge for Flat Earthers. Uh, I think that's where we've got another um, failed, <laughs> what do we call them, those false flag actors, whatever they, they send out. So this guy failed. Uh, he keeps on putting out challenges and then says, no, I'm not doing it. No, you got to do it. No, no, I'm going I'm to invent a whole new airline for you guys and I'll take you there. No, no, I'm not going to do it. You book it. You get the airline. He's literally <laughs> offering to charter the flight. He's literally telling us to do it ourselves. He's a full but of he's shit little... he's literally offering to fly the plane for you. He's literally a little fucking creep who keeps on lying and keeps telling us to do it ourselves, keeps on disappearing. He's probably lucky to be an air. Right, okay, so you're lying, you're lying, and I'm going to tell everyone how you're lying, all right? What he says is, if you guys organize it, you get the plane booked, and you do everything, he will fly the plane for you. He will physically fly the plane. He is a pilot, you numpty. He's shown videos no, of him flying no. his plane. He's not a pilot. He's, he's, first he's literally best. a pilot. He's so you're lying. Ross, all you've got is lies. Stop lying. The co-pilot is a pilot. 
He says that they don't even make their own routes. And yet we have other pilots that tell us they do make their own routes. They have to work all that stuff out before themselves. They have to work out how much fuel. So he said, are you going to go on the flight? Are you going to go on the flight, Ross? And that's our job. That's what we do. We don't have to do nothing. Are you gonna, we don't make Ross, are you going to are you going to go on the flight or are you going to make excuses? He's not a pilot. He's just he is a literally a pilot. He is literally a pilot. He's literally a, the most fake actor we've ever seen. And he's, he's literally he's a pilot. He is literally a pilot. Stop telling lies. Stop telling lies, Ross. What happened to Sapien tried to make one of these flights happen a couple of years back? He made 20 grand off it and the whole thing just disappeared in the thin air. What a great little scam that was. That's never going to happen. No one is ever Yeah, so maybe you should look into what actually happened there. But uh, he's literally a pilot, Ross. Stop telling lies. Even if he was literally a pilot, he's still making constant excuses as to why it's not going to happen because he's not going to do it. He's He's literally saying he will fly the plane for you. We can't make the road go that way. They can't even make the route go that way that we demand. They he literally will fly it for you. He will fly the route for you. He won't. He we won't. got six more questions, and then I'm going to let both sides wrap up and uh, show or tell where, what they got going on in the interwebs. But, do-do-do. A $5 super chat from Mr. E-Man. Iron Horse, please debunk Professor Phil Bell Bell's, I assume, explanation of circular star trails and why star trails should be optical on a flat Earth. Good friend of mine, Phil Bell. You know, he actually sent something to the moon. I mean, it crashed into the moon. I'm but sorry, I didn't realize it was for you, Craig. I didn't realize that was for you. I thought it was. I was I mean, just saying hello to my friend. Yeah, you just get in and say g'day to Dr. Phil Bellend. Um, He's just another typical Glover who's just looking for excuses. Like, in fact, that that thing would be more correct if we're on a globe because the globe is going around like a, a, what, a 40,000 kilometre radius. So the more you're looking at a single point, the more it shouldn't just be even oblate. It should be more um, like one part closer. So it's more like, I don't know, like a... Don't know what the name of that shape is. It's not like an oblong. It's like an oblong with one small end, like egg-shaped sort of thing. That's how the star circle should appear from a globe. But because it's the stars themselves which are moving in perfect circles around the midpoint Polaris, that's why wherever we look at them from, we'll always see them making perfect circles because that's the way they are moving, not the way we are moving. And a $10 super chat. Thank you so very much from Norman Dixon, Ross. We don't use magnetic compasses for navigation, typically. Your answer to my question was nonsense. Just say you don't know something when you don't know. Well, actually, I described why we didn't use a magnetic compass, didn't I? I said we don't use the magnetic compasses anymore. But back in the day when all navigation was done using a magnetic compass, that's why the latitude lines are big circles that get bigger and bigger the further away from Polaris you get, which actually happens to align perfectly with magnetic north center. So that's the way our charts are made. And we're still using the same charts today. Now, we have different technology today. It's called GPS, which stands for ground positioning system. Fixed no, it doesn't. Powers. That's a lie. That's a lie. Spending out fixed 
radio signals to ping from different points so we can triangulate exactly where we are. And that's the way navigation works today. So we can go in straight line without having to rely on a magnetic compass any longer. I'm not finished, Craig. I'm answering the question. I've got a question for you. Yeah, well, you can ask it in a minute. We're talking about fixed points from towers sending out signals which then can then give you an exact location of where you are if we're using satellite zooming through the skies we're zooming through the sky and all this other sort of bullshit that you guys believe in it wouldn't work but because we have fixed towers everywhere we've got ships with their own towers, which are mobile signals so we can also detect where they are in relation to our position the navigation now works off basically radar it's been advanced a bit because we can have computer programs into things to, to show um technical uh, outlay on the maps that Beep we can use. That's why we're not using a magnetic compass anymore. As I said in the first place, we're using I mean, we're taking a shortcut that we can determine because we know that the Earth is flat. We're not going I mean, over huge chunks of water. We're not going curves. Okay, now you can answer another question, Quag. So uh, answer, and then he still has to ask the final word. So um, Ross, why do airplanes have GPS receivers on top? Well, because it's the most logical place to have them, isn't it? They'll get damaged on the bottom. Wait, wait, wait. You said that GPS is ground positioning systems, yet planes have their GPS receivers on the top. Think about well, it. You can call it the top if you want to. I mean, it's definitely the top. It's the bit pointing towards the sky. Okay, well, I'll answer to you. Because the <laughs> it's not pointing towards the sky at all. It's because the radio waves are being, being beamed out from the towers, 360 degrees from every tower, and so they're still going to hit the plane somewhere, regardless whether it's the top or bottom or side or whatever. They're still going to hit it somewhere. So you put it at the top because that's the most safe and sensible place to have it. The GPS receivers point directly into space. Iron, last word, but no questions. Nothing's pointing into space. You've just got more surface area between the top and the bottom of it receiving the signal. It's not pointing into space whatsoever. It's, it's ridiculous. You've got more Maybe surface area and then a $10 super chat from Victor Hollock. Thank you so very much, Victor. Fight the Flat Earth. Thank you for being a front line of defense. I personally had some horrific instances of being taught dangerous pseudo ideas that were never challenged, and it hindered me in school and life. I'm I'm really happy that you managed to to break out of the cult like mentality that, that things like flat earth force on you. Um, it's unfortunate that when you get indoctrinated in that way, and this is why flat earth is such a a dangerous thing because it is an indoctrination. It, it is a brainwashing. It is a cult that literally ruins lives. So I'm really happy for you um, that you've managed to break out of that stupidity. Um, congratulations. I can't, believe, I can't believe Craig didn't realize the sarcasm in that. Because all the indoctrination is sending everybody towards a heliocentric dialect. And so this kid is, this person, sorry, is trying to be sarcastic to you and thanking you. Literally wasn't being sarcastic at all. In actual fact, flat earth is the escapism from the the indoctrinated reality. Flat earth is the escapism from reality. Where we start to think for ourselves and stop believing the indoctrination. You've never thought for yourselves in your life. Oh, bullshit. $2 super chat from Jake the Surgeon. Cite one source that says light doesn't exist. You can't.
there's darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. So there's examples of that. Once you get above where our light exists, above the firmament B, it's dark. And so this is going to be the final question. It is for Iron. And so after that, I'm going to give it back over to Fight the Flat Earth for their final statement and then Iron for their f final statement. But a $5 super chat from Beetle Tuba. Flat, why don't you trust the professionals in the field? I'm in a scientific field. Dude, we're normal people. No one is trying to hurt you with a globe. Okay, well, I don't trust mainstream science, basically, because all they're doing is earning a career. If you try to speak up against that, you get shunned. You no longer have a job. You put kicked outside the community. You have to go along to get along. You have to follow the mainstream. If you dare turn up like this one famous engineer, um, uh, his name, Brian, somebody sketching at the moment. Uh, he was an engineer, trained engineer. And so he started investigating the flat earth and he found all sorts of reasons why the flat earth works and why the globe doesn't. And so what happened to him? Somebody goes and reports him to his boss and he nearly lost his career. So he had to basically drop his channel because obviously our first concerns always with our family and making a living and paying our rent or our mortgage and our bills. And that's all most modern science really is. It's all about uh, having a career. Whereas when you really look into it, all these careers are coming off the backs of selling us snake oil. You know, how much, that, I think it was, what, 700 or 70 odd billion or something that Pfizer made profit. That's above and beyond all their costs just in the last year alone from all their vaccinations. So why would I trust somebody who is making a massive profit and I'm not seeing any benefit to mankind from it? I think it's all a load of shit, every last bit of it. And all he's doing is ripping <laughs> off humanity. You don't give a shit about us if obviously dead and buried because you've got an agenda you want world depopulation and it's highly profitable on the way to get rid of us all and we're standing up and all right i'm gonna read these out but i'm really just gonna give it back over to the people thank you so much bodie mcface for 666 wolf 0620 has great vids of Sith Star Trails from Perth, Ross Stop Lying, and $5 Super Chat from Norman Dixon, Ross, more nonsense, you know nothing about navigation, just say you don't, Iron, you can answer that in your ending if you want, we're just throwing that out there, because I am thanking both of our interlocutors, and I'm handing it back over to Fight the Flat Earth, so they could give their last statement, and also say what they got, or where they got going on. Hey guys, I'm FTFE. Um, so today what's happened is Ross has gone nutter over and over and over. Ross's entire argument is an argument for incredulity. Oh, that doesn't make sense to me. Oh, that's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I can't believe that, that happens. Frankly, I don't care about your incredulity. It doesn't matter. Science doesn't need you to agree with it to still be true. That's the wonderful thing about science is it it's still going to be facts, whether you're smart enough to realize it or not. Um, I showed evidence of my claims. I showed clear evidence of the Earth being curved, clear evidence of the Earth rotating, clear evidence that we have been to space. Ross went, nah. -uh. I asked for citations. He couldn't give any. I asked for evidence. He couldn't give any. Um, so th there's, there's nothing, 
you know, there's no argument here. Ross didn't bring an argument. Um, I will, again, say thank you to Ross for jumping in. Uh, I know it's last minute, and I know it's probably quite early for you over there in Australia. Um, and, I, I, and I do appreciate you jumping in because Howard was far too scared to debate me with the format that we agreed. So despite the fact that I very much disagree with you, I do give you my sincere thanks for jumping on and having this debate and not wasting modern day debates time. Um, if you want to see more of me, then please head over to my channel, FTFE, youtube.com forward slash FTFE1. Um, new debates every week, uh, new debate shorts every Sunday, new episodes of Flurfs of Idiots coming, and the launch of FTFE 2.0 very soon, where I'll be doing uh, a bunch of science documentaries, um, working alongside people like Professor Dave and Kyle Hill. So thank you very much for having me on, Amy. I do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so very much. Fight the Flat Earth. And with that, Iron... The floor is all yours. Tell us what you got going on and your final statement on the subject. Yeah, thanks, Amy. Um, look, I, I do find it quite incredulous, really. Like, this is my only argument from incredulity because everything I do is I base on facts. Everything I've said is factual. There's no observation of motion. There's no observation of any of this other utter nonsense that the helioists like Craig has to defend and defend vehemently and try and then put down their opponent personally in order to defend and yet these people are actually making a living they're making a profit him and professor Dor i mean dave whatever his name is um all these people actually making a profit of debunking mm -hmm. or refuting the truth whereas i've never made a cent a single cent of flatter and i never intend to everything i do i do for free um i've never monetized anything on my channel even though I might have tried to way back in the early days. Now I don't even have a thousand subscribers. So, you know, if you can try and increase my content to a thousand subscribers, it'd be great because that way I can at least do some live streams with my only um, means of uh, doing a live stream with my mobile device until you've got a thousand uh, subscribers. You can't do that. And my laptop is rooted. The, the camera and the microphone are both pretty terrible. So there's no point trying to do a live stream from that. I'd rather be out in the field showing real live, flat earth evidence as it exists while I'm talking about it. Otherwise, all I can do is I can record videos and later upload them. And I don't intend to make any money out of it. Unlike these trolls on the edge of society who are just, they've got all their different little followers and there's a lot of them because none of them want to have their illusions shattered. That's why they can have thousands and thousands of subscribers and make a living off it. They can put ads all through their videos and then try and excuse us if, if say, a, a famous flat earther does have some ads. Oh, look at him trying to profit off it. And yet they're making a profit of trying to fight the truth. And that's all we are. It's all we're concerned about. We don't care if the earth is flat, round, oblate, you name it. If you can provide evidence for it and convince me, I will change my mind and I will go back to being a helioist like I grew up being. But as Craig said, you know, the ability to be able to change your mind is being a true scientist. That's what we have done. We've grown up with our indoctrination and we've escaped it. And it's like they say, if a snake, a snake unable to shed its skin will cease to be a snake. It will suffocate it and kill it. We've shed our skins. We've moved forwards. Not saying we're snakes. It's just an analogy. Um, but we can move forward into the truth. And that's what we're worried about. If we can see evidence for curvature, okay, I might believe it. But all Craig has showed is evidence of how convergence works. He showed no evidence of spin. He showed evidence of a pendulum moving backwards and forwards. He showed uh, almost fisheye right. lens. It's a wide-angle lens. 
um, showing evidence for curvature. There's no curvature. As I said, he's going to pay me £500 when I send him evidence of Eric DeBay's most recent video of the high altitude <laughs> run. And, level. and so basically, I'm going to make a profit for once from a from a, a um, profiteering anti-flat earther who's got nothing better to do with his life. Um, so yeah, you can find me on my channel, you know, Iron Horse. I really don't care. I'm not in it for the money. Um, I'm not in it for the following. I'm not in it for the fans. I'm just in it for the truth. And that's all I care about. And that's why I'll come to these debates, even as a last minute thing, even though it's against Craig, who's shown himself to be the most atrocious person to ever have to debate against on the whole entire internet. Maybe Professor Dave comes closer. I don't know. Um, but otherwise, yeah, thanks for having me. And I'll gladly come back on the channel and defend my position any other time. Woohoo! Thank you both. And with that, I do want to thank you all for joining us out here on Modern Day Debate. We are a neutral platform welcoming everybody from all walks of life. If you're looking for more fantastic debates in the future, please don't forget to like and subscribe, including tonight's debate on Flat Earth, Glober vs. Flat Earther, with our interlocutors, Fight the Flat Earth and Iron Horse. Plus, if you'd like what either of our guests said tonight, all of our links are in the description below. If you're looking for more fun after the show, there will be an after party on the MDD Discord. And with that, I am Amy Newman with Modern Day Debate, and we hope you continue having great conversations, discussions, and debates. Good night, everyone! Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.